Live from Sacramento. Live from Sacramento. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. We are live. Deuce Mason, Morgan, Reagan, Chris Watkins hanging out with you. Can you believe it, Morgan? According to my guy, me sports burner on Twitter, the last time the Kings were the second seed outside the first week of a season was 6,904 days ago, April 11th, 2004, 19 years ago. And here we are today in March, late in the season, the Sacramento Kings are the number two seed. How are you doing, Mo? That's the greatest thing going on in my life right now, Deuce, and I will take it. If the Kings can give me some joy to just keep on going and live, I will do it. They're making us live right now. Making us Um, live. It was such a weird night, too, because the way the Kings could get the number two seed last night was uh, you need the Lakers to win. Lake show. I was was all over the OK Lake show. I was all over... Like, I hate them so much. Like, I hate their fans. I hate them. They're disgusting. And last night, I was glad. I mean, Anthony Davis was bleeding everywhere on the floor. Looked like an AEW match. His nose was, like, bashed in. Yeah. That was gross. Yeah, but they got the win, so um, I'll celebrate it for 24 hours. No, enjoy every single moment of it. Of course, Chris Watkins, his new show launched this week from 10 to 11 right here on Sacktown Sports. And he's hanging out with us for this first hour. It is pretty surreal, though, that like the Kings are the number two seed. I mean, it doesn't make sense. I think before the season, the most optimistic of people were like, yeah, they can get in the top six. Yeah. But it was like peaking maybe at six. Yeah. Maybe if you're like crazy, I'm sipping that purple Kool Aid feeling good, you're saying fifth. No one thought number two seed was possible. No, no. I don't think anybody, like, I think it was even debatable if you were to say, like, oh, yeah, the Kings will finish with 45 wins or a couple games above 500. It's where we're sitting at right now is it's where it feels like we're way ahead of schedule. I mean, (sighs) you know, this team, this team, I think, was supposed to use this year as kind of a barometer of, okay, where are we in terms of how much more do we need to add? And it I don't think anybody anticipated that you kind of already have a good enough core or a good enough uh, selection of pieces. So it's it's incredible. Just absolutely incredible. And now the question is, can they stay there? Can they stay at number two? I think number two is going to be hard, but I think looking at it realistically, I think they're going to have a chance at three still. Yeah, I think so. I think at this point, it feels crazy. It feels like we keep moving the goalpost yes. up, but it's like – if we should we should realistically secure a top four speed. Like, yeah. It feels like at this moment, Phoenix I think is scary, and I think it's it's reasonable to think that there's a real possibility that at some point they could continue to just rattle off wins and maybe catch them. But with Memphis, how they're you know they're they're just kind of in a complete tailspin. I'm out, man. Yeah, I'm out on them. I just with everything that's going on, there's too much uncertainty about Memphis. Where I'm just like, okay, they're going to keep dipping. Yeah. At this point, when you say you're out, uh, do you mean as just contenders, or do you mean? Oh, they're like, definitely not contenders in yeah. my mind anymore. But yeah. I, I think they're going to drop in the standings. Like I, I go, okay, they were at number two. They lost that last night, and I don't think they're getting it back. I'm not saying it means the Kings are staying there. Yeah. But. I think they're going to slide a little bit here. I mean, that's a really tough situation for them with, with what's going on with John Morant. But 
from a Kings perspective, it's obviously this next three these next three games are like a legit test when you got the Knicks. By the way, talk about the ultimate letdown game. Oh my gosh. Losing to the Hornets last oh night. Oh my god. And they were up like sixteen in that game at mm-hmm. home. I know no Brunson, but they had just beaten the Celtics, Celtics. in a, a double overtime game <laughs> without him. And then they go back to Madison Square Garden and lose that game. Now they have to travel all the way to the West Coast to take on the Kings Thursday. Well, you guys, I think that's what's been the funnest thing about the Kings is that night in and night out, there hasn't been a ton of games where you're super surprised that the Kings aren't winning. You mm-hmm. know, if you if you obviously if you look around the league and the national perspective, there are so many people that are more surprised whenever the Kings get a win. I think as this part of this Kings fan base, whenever they do get a loss, it's not like a huge surprise. It's more of a disappointment. Oh, they could have had this one. Or, oh, that team was short a few players. They could have had this one. But it's not It's not as many of those this year as uh, going against, even though they did lose to the Hornets early on. But it's not as many of those. So any guesses on what the two biggest movies were? <laughs> April 2004. Oh, April 2004. Christopher the last time the Kings were the number two seed in the West. I'm going to say Anchorman. Anchorman, that's okay. That's a good idea. We're going with like April 11th, okay. 2004. He says Anchorman. Do you have more in so bad at this? I can't even. I'm just not good at years, you guys. Like, I don't. Years. Titanic? Like, yeah. no, I'm Come kidding. On. I know I know. that's what like the, the That's 98. obviously late 1998. Yeah. Is it 98? I was, so. was going to say like yes. 95, but um, yeah, see, I'm always off a few years. All so right. 2004. What do you have, Chris? I don't know why this is my guess, but I'm going to say Spider-Man 2. Uh, these are great guesses. <laughs> the two biggest movies. It's kind of ironic here, okay? The Passion of the Christ. Oh, oh my favorite. I should have known. <laughs> I really should have known that. Coming in second place, Hellboy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's hilarious. The uh, the irony of thank those you. two hey, being hey, the biggest yeah. movies. That's comical. Any guesses on what the number one song was in April 2004? That I have no clue. The number one song. Think, you got to think about okay, the wait, high let, Yeah, let me think where like, it was. Yeah, by Usher. No. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Oh, maybe. That's actually a good one. I don't know. What about like Overnight Celebrity? Ooh, uh, I love Twista? that song. Yeah. Great song. Yeah. Great song. God, I listened to that um, song. Great guess. You single-handedly put <laughs> yeah. it at number one. 2004. Any guesses? I am going to say Petey Pablo. North Carolina, come on and raise up. Yes. Take your shirt off. Spin it around your head like a helicopter. Yes. No, Chris. Oh, that was, I was so that was gonna make, Yes. Uh, the answer is Usher. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Chris. You yeah. won. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was the number oh, one song geez. the last time the Kings were number it. two seed. What is Chris he Chris Watkins, who famously said, I don't like music. <laughs> I don't. I, yeah. You know, I don't, I'm uh, not big into it. Not not big into music. Oh. Yeah. Doesn't oh. like oh. music. Yeah, I just like, yeah. yeah. What do you, what's say, that mean? I just, like, don't listen to music like that like I, I mean i like the songs that i like and by the artists that i like but i just don't really like seek out music yeah i and, like to more i usually listen like if i'm in the car or just doing walking around the house it's always podcast like always podcast same, so same. i just wow what's your like really, go-to podcast besides juice and mo and right yeah yes. um Probably Zach. Zach Lowe. Yes. Zach. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you like him. So you call him Zach. You're like, yeah, Zach. You know, me, We're me tight like Z, that. You know, yeah. We spend a lot of time Z together. L, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mine is. Mine would be We Watch Wrestling. Oh. What? Sorry. Matt sorry. McCarthy. Going in raw. Yeah. Matt McCarthy and Vince Averill. Going in raw is on line one, and they'll be at Sauce today before the AEW show. Oh, so. I met up with Matt McCarthy and Vince Averill 
just on Sunday. That's cool. What about Stephen Larson? Yeah. I didn't see him there. Mm, you're a fraud. Mm, yeah. Cool. Yeah. How about local, huh? Um, <laughs> other songs that were big then. Uh, the other ones, a chingy, uh, oh. one call away. I don't even oh, know. I don't what know. Oh man, <laughs> he had more than one song. I thought Holiday Inn. Was that him? Yeah. Holiday Inn. Uh, What's one call away? I, I have chingy. Yeah, and then the, the other Chingy. one was uh, Tipsy, dude. You know how many times Tipsy was Air playing? Air Club getting tipsy. Yeah. Yes. That's how long it's been. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, and I know today is not a day where, and, uh, like, social media is so fun to, like, celebrate last night. Oh, my yeah. God. I saw people doing Photoshops of banners, like, <laughs> yes. our guy Drew, yeah. the local that Drew. local guy who's going to be in with us uh, at noon. Um I get it. It's not clinch or anything, but I think what I do enjoy is that Kings fans are just like, yeah, this is a big deal. Yes. Like, this is, they may not be here at the end of the year at the number two spot, but getting there at this point of the season is massive. We the last couple years, we were watching, hey, man, there's like three games out of the play-in. Can they get there? We need to have perspective of why this is such a big deal, right? I, I have perspective. Do you have perspective? I wasn't accusing you of not no, having perspective. No, no, I was Don't more, be offended. No, no. <laughs> I know. Be, and the reason why I think I said it like that is because I I know that you and I have talked about for so many, so many different podcasts have talked about, got to enjoy this journey. Got to yeah, enjoy this yeah. journey. And so, like, our perspective is there. And so I wasn't saying it in the in in, like, defensively, but... Chris, do you have that same perspective, or does expectations just completely change your mindset? No, I think everybody has to like acknowledge that this is this is ludicrous. I mean, who nobody would have Luda Luda. Yeah, while we're while we're talking Usher, about yeah yeah, you know, yeah. lovers and friends, you know, um, yeah. I mean, it's 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 crazy, and I, I the thing that I have enjoyed the most about us being able to enjoy all of the success is I haven't seen a ton of people being like, oh, Kings fans, like. Being too loud or season's not over, still 20 games left, all that. I feel like everybody as an NBA fan collective is just like, look, like it's been a while. We're just happy to Let be them. here. Exactly. Yeah. And, that's the be- <laughs> and also, I think Kings fans, to their credit, have been great. I think they've... We've started to maybe hear some championship talk, but I think people are <laughs> yeah. kind of keeping things in perspective. That's Nobody's like, we're the two seed, like... Why aren't we talking about championships? I think people under well, for the most part, for understand. Most, I would say for the most part, they yeah. understand. Like, look, there's going to be some, t- and it's also having the perspective that you're not the number two seed with like a seven game lead. Right. Like, this is tight, right? Yeah. And Phoenix is coming. These next yeah. three games are going to be tough. So, I, I'm just appreciating the journey. I've said it so many times throughout this year. There is nothing like the come up when your team's yes. been bad for years, and the journey of it's great. Yeah. It's starting to turn. You don't. I don't care about can they get out of the first round yet. I'm not even like to me. It's about enjoying being present in this moment and going. Wow, this is a fun time to watch Kings basketball. Just the p word alone. Just being able to say playoffs connected to the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, usually we say like playing question mark. No, and yeah. I'm question not mark, even. Question mark, question yeah, mark, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Question marks. I think yeah. we're more saying like. I was gonna say placation. Uh, I was thinking uh, of word um, of vacation. Um, with the draft positioning. Nice, good, good. Yeah. Any other? Travel to Puerto Rico. Good, I don't know. good. I was trying to think of Chris a place with a P. Verlot, anything with a P? PD Pablo. Good. There yes. we go back to PD Pablo. Good. Yeah, uh, let, let's talk some more hoops coming up. Uh, Deuce and Mo, Chris Watkins coming up on the show today. We got Drew. 
a.k.a. that local guy. If you don't know him, well, get ready. Mm-hmm. This guy knows hoops. He's going to join us in studio. And at 1 p.m., well, the guy that used to be known as The Big Show, oh, I've Paul White. It's a big I've show. He's going to be live with us today. It's Deuce and Mo. This is Sacktown Sports 1140 and Sacktownsports.com. Sports. We're two. I'm sorry? We're two. Oh, okay, okay. I don't think I've ever heard this song in my life. Oh, you have not seen one of the greatest movies of all time, sir. What's that? That is... No, I forgot the name of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) One of the greatest films of all time. What the hell is that? It It is called... The one with Andy Samberg... Uh, and he's a stunt guy. Hot Rod. Hot Rod. Oh. Haven't even seen it. Never seen it. No. Never seen it. Neither. As you can tell, I am awful with names. Yeah, you're a huge, yeah. uh, huge best movie ever, if you remember. I didn't it. say it's the best movie ever. That's one of the greatest movie. of all time. <laughs> it is one of the greatest of all times. Um, shout out Shout out today, International Women's Day, Morgan hey. Reagan. Huh? Yes. Yeah. Thank you for the love. That... Would you love today, they, all these broadcasters, like, yeah. hey. All right, today's your day. You guys can come mm-hmm. in and do a broadcast together, all women. I mm. was so. I, can I, no, before you answer. Yeah. Sorry, let the man talk here. <laughs> yeah. I just realized I just jumped in. No, you know what I'm happy about, though? What? I know we're not where we need to be, but specifically in broadcasting, the fact that that last stint you were here, it yeah. was like, hey, maybe you can talk. Oh, yeah. I was and if you that. talked, mm. it was like, ask a question. And that's kind of been sports radio mm-hmm. with women for a long time. The fact that you're a host of a show is so cool, man. So triggering, dude. Yeah. yeah. No, and and I mean, obviously. You're allowed to have an opinion on sports. Well, Isn't I mean, but, cool? but the thing is, what's crazy is that like we had to create that space for ourselves, that right. platform for ourselves to give me a voice. And by doing that, it like, I just, it's crazy what can happen when you keep believing in yourself. And um, there's someone yesterday I was talking to who she was having a mental breakdown, which I'm very familiar with lately, and just feeling like she didn't belong. And it's crazy that it's International Women's Day today, and I'm just telling her, like, no, no, you belong more than anyone or just as much as anyone that is there. Like, you just have to believe in yourself. And so, yeah, these these days and these moments are very important. Um, But at the same time, too, I really dislike so many companies and uh, different places try to make it a money grab or try to make it a PR stunt and go, all right, we've got women today. Like, why not have multiple women um, consistently yeah, on a yeah, broadcast? Right. And like, even So you here, don't have to highlight. Dude, it's just how it is. Totally. There's just not even enough representation <laughs> right. here. When we had the group meeting the other day and it's me and Simone and Simone has, you know, a small voice. we got to keep yes. empowering building and it's just important to keep empowering um, these voices. So thank you guys for always making me feel like an equal too. Yeah, you Cash shut grab. your mouth. Also, shout out, and I'm not just saying this, but it just reminded me. Yeah, Sac State women's squad. Hey, Big Sky Conference Huge. title game today against NAU after smashing Portland State. Mm. Get the hell out of there mm. in the semis. Hornets could win the you. Big Sky Conference. Dude. I believe that's an automatic bid. Yes, it is to the NCAA tournament for the women's squad. Stingers way up. Yeah. Stingers up. I think yeah. I saw too that it. they had like three, two or three seasons ago. They had three wins and now twenty-two wins. What a mm. turnaround, man! Coach of the year. Mm, they mm, had mm. the Big Sky MVP. 
So Crazy. cool. So cool. No, it's um Forbes. It's, it's great to have that. <laughs> yeah, Forbes. yeah. Forbes calling out Sacramento is one of the best places to live. Chris and I are gonna go with uh that's why so yep. many players want to come to this city and hoop. Yeah, their game tips off at two today. So oh, interesting. we'll have to uh yeah. keep track of that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is a trackable time. I'm like, wait, what do I have uh yeah, yeah the yay. Dude, just close. Yeah. How cool would it be for them to be in the NCAA tournament? Oh, awesome. come on. What are the lyrics to that song, though? Like, with the sax day if they advance. I'm a hornet. Okay. <laughs> buzz, buzz. <laughs> buzz, buzz. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, okay. Chris. Good. Well, we're definitely keeping our eye on what sax state is doing. Um, wish them the, what, the best coming up today. Um, Kings. Get ready for the Knicks tomorrow night at TNT game. <laughs> I called it one center. Um, I'm really excited for this game, obviously, and I know I'm sound re- weird right now. I think I'm really tired, and everything is just. You're. I'm you singing. sound. Yeah. You I'm sound weird. fine. Just yeah. you know what? Embrace the weirdness, dude. Yeah, yeah. Because no, like- I am. I'm definitely embracing it. I'm just telling you, I'm tired. Yeah, no, no, and we get it. Okay. Like, I think, can I just be transparent? <laughs> we, we get it, Deuce, like, you're tired. I'm going to be transparent. <laughs> no, do really not quick. do this. Don't do this. I know what Morgan's going, and no. No, Stop. Deuce, Stop. Deuce works his ass Stop. off, and when yes. I say this, though, like, the amount of brain power he puts into prepping our charts for a Stockton Crazy. game like last night, and then into a three-hour show, Crazy. like, a daily, I don't care, Deuce, and it's like, his mind, sometimes, I don't even understand how it functions, so this... Thank you for being human. Okay, okay, a couple of things, real fast. What, stupid? S- tomorrow is International Deuce Mason oh. Day. This is not, <laughs> this is International Women's Day. We're, yeah. we're not going to like, yeah. hi, hey, let's praise the white guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you no, can we're not doing that. I'm corny as hell. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, Kings and Knicks coming up tomorrow night at Golden One Center. I don't I just feel like the crowd's going to be pretty insane. Like, yeah. when you think about how Kings fans reacted last night, about being in the number two seed. I don't know that there's any other fan base in the country that would get jacked off their team moving up yeah. to number two. With <laughs> on like, an off day. Yeah, on an off day <laughs> with, with so much time to still go in the season. Yeah. But I think they're really going to appreciate that coming into a Golden 1 Center tomorrow night. It's going to be rocking, man. It's yeah. definitely going to be rocking. Me and Chris were just talking about like when appropriate times to light to start light the beam chance. Might have to be one where we get it in a pregame. You know, a pregame light the beam chance. Stop it. That's so, You guys, I hate that so much. And I hated the last game when the chance started. And there was like... Chris is down for I, start of the fourth quarter. He texts He's me. He's a maniac. He's like, I'm trying to get like, the beam chance going. And I yelled at him over text in all caps, which I tend to do a lot lately. A lot. But I, I yelled at him and I was like, stop it. And then I hear the broadcast. They're like, oh, Mike Brown is trying to tell the crowd to yeah. please stop the light the beam chance too See, early. Here's how I look at it. The players and coaches kind of don't like it too early. Thank you. So just, you know, respect it, right? Like, just respect it. Hey, when they <sighs> go to the free throw line at the game, what do we do? We're kind of quiet, right? Let them concentrate. It's the same thing with light the beam. They don't want it that early, so yeah. you don't do it. Now, if they were like, light the beam, then everyone get in on it. Sure. Right. Exactly. Chris Verlaud, start the yeah. chant. <laughs> yeah. Now, we're going to get them to get into it. <laughs> yeah. See, I think they're also broken, too. They ha- they don't have this feeling. They don't know how what it's like to get to the playoffs. Once, I, And I will say this. Once we do that, once Sacramento gets to the playoffs, maybe makes or maybe makes it to the next round. They'll know what it's like and maybe a little bit more swagger. Yeah, I do get those beam chants just wait, started early. Just wait till there's a playoff game that the Kings lose and the they're on the road. 
in the yeah. light the beam chance happen yeah. with the uh, opposing team. They're going to troll a little bit. Oh, I yeah. guarantee you it's yeah. going to happen. Maybe not this year. Maybe it's like a next I year think thing. It's a, um, well, you know what? I love it. Especially if they play I like Golden State. I love it. Those fans are the worst. Yeah. They will definitely try and trigger us. I was talking to Anthony Slater about a potential Warriors-Kings matchup. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I don't know if that's a great thing in terms of just like the home atmosphere because he feels like you would, even if Kings fans are like, hey, I'm going, there's going to be Warriors fans right. who infiltrate the building. Correct. Now, they tend to have money. Yes. <laughs> Warriors fans. Yes. Yes. And, you know, some Kings fans, I see some teams, they might be like, I'll cash out on this exactly. game because I can make Go most of my two. money back right. and it'll pay off other playoff tickets, Absolutely. right? Or your whole season. I, now, <laughs> I understand why fans from San Francisco would come here because I went to the arena on Sunday and it is garbage. We call it... We call You're talking it, about Chase Center. Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, Amazon Basic. Yes. Woo! Golden One Center. Yes. Let's, a bootleg Golden One Center. Have you guys ever been in the uh, the tunnels oh, of yeah. Chase Center? No. Oh, yeah. It's you a have? rat yes. It is a maze. Oh. It is impossible to navigate that. I building. was told, hey, go until you see the mirror and then do a U-turn to Dude, get out. <laughs> the mirror, even the mirror, I lose track of where I am at the mirror. It's all <laughs> awful. It's awful. It's weird. Um, we do agree that a, a Kings fan that sells their tickets to to what? I mean, if you're going to sell your playoff tickets, I'm sorry. We need you to interview who you're huge background track. Tra- yep. <laughs> yep. We need to confirm that you are not a fan of the Golden State Warriors right. if that matchup happened. I think if you play like a Memphis or Minnesota, you're not worried about the random. Exactly. Like, oh wow, there's that one like Grizzlies fan who's right. wearing a Zebo jersey or hey, cool, <laughs> a KG yeah. jersey is yeah. here tonight if they played Minnesota. It's just I don't know if you want the first round to be that. It's like I just don't want it to right. take away from the first playoff experience. I just wish money didn't drive everything and there were people that were like, you know what? No, I wanna be I want my butt in this Man. seat and yeah. I wanna cheer them I, on. I can't even fathom I can't even imagine how expensive playoff tickets are going to be in Sacramento. That's what I was trying to think. I know. Like I have a couple friends who are season ticket holders and they were telling me I think it was Jason Ross actually was telling me too that he he checked the prices and on like one of the Warrior games or Laker games earlier in the season, it's like lower levels, like five six hundred dollar re- resale. So I can imagine, come playoff time, that's going to be like an eight hundred. I went to you um, know for a lower a nice lower level seat. When I was in high school, I was working at KFC. I oh yeah. looking. Oh dude, I could cook chicken. <laughs> I bought a a, a a playoff ticket, one playoff ticket. I went by myself, uh-huh. sat in the very last row of Arco Love for that. King's Mass. Those are great. I, I want to say it was like 25, 30, but it was like wow. the final row. I think they even yeah. added a couple. Like yeah. It was like a makeshift row up there. That top I had the time of yeah. my life. Though. Standing rooms at Golden One Center, too, now. So. They're pretty good, too, right? Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure it's at the, the top of the lower bowl, right? Yeah. Fr- Frankie's mom was there. I was waving at her, blowing mm-hmm. her kisses. <laughs> So perfect. Hey, coming up next, uh, I can't believe we're even having this conversation. I'm sure. I'm, are you uncomfortable with it that we're talking about like, hey, how much are playoff tickets going to cost when they haven't technically clinched? Are you okay? I know you don't like jinxes. Hey, okay, we'll talk about it next. Okay. All right, we got truth or trash coming up too. Uh, I've got a truth or trash one that for you guys to think about during the break. It's time for the 49ers to go after Lamar Jackson. Yes. Oh, thank you. Oh. Okay. That's well, coming out ruined. Well, it's some kings, too. It's Deuce and Mo alongside Chris Watkins on Sacktown Sports, 1140 and SacktownSports.com. Oh. Uh, 
Back in the day. Dramatic. Great show. Yeah, I it was. I love reality television right now, especially. And anyone that's watching Vanderpump Rules, I haven't had time to watch it, but all this drama is going on, and that's the sucky part about social media is that I'm seeing all of it. I think I even saw some right. stuff about it. Right, and I'm just going to binge on Sunday on my day off. Like, all day. Good. Good for Vitamin you, and go. Let's go. You know what? I think it's time for a little truth or trash. We tell you what's real and what's downright garbage. It's truth or trash. Truth or trash. With Deuce and Mo. I'm so glad the voice guy explained how it works. It's a very complicated <laughs> thing we do. Truth or trash. We, there's a statement. We tell you if it's truth or trash. You can submit your own. Appreciate you guys hanging out on the YouTube feed. YouTube.com slash Sports 1140 where we stay live the entire show. Hit the thumbs up. It just helps us grow. Celebrating the Kings being the number two seed. I'm going to start with this on truth or trash. Um, the Kings have a good shot at staying in the number two seat. Truth or trash? I think that's true. Wow, I think a that's good true. Chance? I th- uh, okay, I didn't hear a good chance. I hear- you- he <laughs> heard Sorry, what he I, wanted yeah, to hear. Yeah. I heard what I wanted to hear. Of course, they've got a chance. I think that they have a a decent shot for sure. I think uh, I good good. I'm not willing to go good because good feels like it's more likely than not, but. I really just have a tough time getting the Phoenix Suns out of my head. You know what? Screw it. I've been being way too realistic all season long. I'm just going to go with truth because they, time after time after time, have proved me wrong. Proved me wrong. They literally, like you talked about to start the show, beginning of the season, no one would have expected them to be here. No one would have expected their team to be able to execute what they've been able to do against other teams this quickly develop this quickly so yeah truth Uh, own it honey thank you the nba world is being heated up right now by the sun like the 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 phoenicians you know the suns phoenix suns yeah we're striking out today we're striking out today (laughs) and it's fine you know i'm just here's what i have to do i have to get shots up i have to get shots up you know i'm gonna take shots even if they're bad ones i just need to see one go julius randall Thank you. There we Julius go. Randle was five of seventeen, but against Miami, when Jimmy Butler was digging for that ball, game winner, boom, bucket, most ridiculous shot tenths. I've seen someone take all year. Tom Thibodeau was pissed. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, "What are you? That was not the play." Rightfully so. All right, uh, I'm gonna say uh, trash. I don't think they have a good chance, and it's it's not me being negative at all. I just think the Suns they're three zero since Durant got there. Yeah. yeah, they are legit, and I'm okay with it. Like it doesn't yeah, mean if the Kings are getting number two that yeah. they're trash and they're gonna drop out. I just think uh, the Suns are coming, and it's... You guys, I don't even care if the Kings drop to six, honestly. Like, if it happened, it happened. I, I think I would care. No. A li- I would care a little stop. bit. Stop. It's because your <laughs> expectations have gone far too high, and that's the thing. I think we, a lot of us, like, like as I just said, I'm going to stop being realistic as I go back to being realistic with this, because... It's truly one of those things where the Kings have done such a good job building that padding. It would be pretty close to impossible to go to drop to six uh, in the Western Conference. That's but- where I'm at. See, that's where, like, I know what you're saying. It's like, yeah. no, I'd just be happy for them yeah. to be there. But if they drop to six, that means, I mean, they have a five-game lead yeah. on the fifth and sixth spot right now. I so think that'd be both a dramatic things could be true, and- where it's like you could take yeah. the outside perspective and be like, this was a successful season. But at the same time, that was a collapse. That ending was not great. Yeah, yeah. I think we can all acknowledge that. Yeah. Just talking about this honestly makes me so nervous. Yeah. I don't like it. And then <laughs> the thing about up. them staying in two, and I know it's not, it's likely not going to happen, that it probably, you know, if all things went the way I think it would be, 
and the Clippers kind of stayed where they're at. Clippers win the play, and they have to take on the Clippers in the first yeah, round. I don't want that. I really you, don't like Minnesota playing Minnesota either. I've heard a lot of people favor pretty much say either Minnesota or Dallas. I'm we've talked about Dallas before, but Minnesota, I don't want. to Yeah, touch. I think they pose a lot of problems for the Kings, but yeah. I also think they'd have a they, they'd I, have a shot. It's not yeah the, the teams I don't want to see Denver, Phoenix, Golden State. I'm not scared of the really? Warriors. Dude. Okay, that's no, fair. I think that's fair. To, we're gonna have an honest. Co- Let's do it. I'll Let's do it on the Let's Warriors do it. right now. I'm Let's do the it. Hammer for this. Yeah, do it. I understand, and I get in this debate all the time. Hey, they're the defended champs. Hey, you, you, you just there's it's you can't count them out. Win some road games. They're seven and twenty-five on the road. All I keep hearing is, like, "Hey, man, it's the Warriors. They're gonna get it going." They're seven and twenty-five, and let's really look at this. They haven't been the same since that Draymond punch. And last night in that game, when Jordan Poole did not pass Draymond the ball, Draymond jumped up and down, pouting, and then walked Mm -hmm. away from the play when the OKC Thunder had the ball in transition. The team, I know how good Steph is, and I respect him. I admire Clay. I respect what they've accomplished. But they have to show me some level of consistency before I am scared of them. Now, I also acknowledge the fact that they could turn it on later. Wiggins gets back in the fold, and maybe they're a little more dangerous. But right now, I don't see how anyone could really tell me this is a championship-level team when they have yet to play championship basketball this year. How incredible would it be if the Kings ended the Warriors' dynasty? Incredible. Uh, Some would say they did by hiring Mike Brown. Oh, oh, drop oh, it. Oh, 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 good one, Deuce. Good one. <sighs> um, we have another. We only got to one through yeah, the trash. That's fine. <laughs> we need to get to the Lamar Jackson one coming up. Yes. I- I'm curious to get your guys' perspective yeah. on that. We got some other basketball ones, too. What? 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 The format. Go on. Uh, Morgan, you got to get over that. It is what it is. <laughs> Let's evolve. It's tough. It is tough. Yeah. As, as a newbie to this, it's it's just tough. Like Why? Because you're used to podcasting. Talk. Used I am to used to podcasting, but it's more just like I've been telling people like having to fit a point or several points into exactly whatever, twelve yeah. to thirteen minutes, it's just tough. Because where, it's either like I don't have enough or it's like we're really right when you get Look, rolling yeah. or something. The benefits are we, that's how we get paid. That is, but no, but like you get, you can still get to it. And people act like, oh, it's better this and that. No, it's better if you have great content. And great content, you let it run. I don't know. If we were to go for 50 minutes straight and then just run 10 minutes straight of commercials, I I would be balling. Balling, breaking ankles. That's like, what is that, Sirius? Isn't that the platform of Sirius and XM? I mean, I have so many ideas. We can talk about during the break. (laughs) Let's do it. Because we always stay live. YouTube.com slash Shacktown Sports 1140. Deuce and Mo alongside Chris Watkins on Sacktown Sports 1140 and SacktownSports.com. What the deal? I got two. Oh. One for the plug and one for the low. Yes. By the way, anyone who has two phones, I don't care if it's for business, automatically judge. Kevin John has two phones. What? Yes. Whoa. Yes. Oh, no, he's too yes. guy. I don't judge yeah. him. No, what's, but what's worse, having two cell phones or a cell phone and a landline? If you have a landline, Yeah, I don't know why? who has a landline. Jason Ross. <laughs> Actually, he does. Jason Wait, does Ross. he really have a, yeah, a landline? Yeah. Oh, man. He's uh, still, yeah. Uh, I got two seeds. 
I was doing the two. See, no, see. and it's that's that's you. That's your tired brain. I know. I'm trying to. He's playing songs with two in it. I was just trying to have fun, Morgan. I've got Stop. two on don't, it. Don't don't put your like weird no. feelings right now onto me. No, it's not what we're doing Chris, today. I love that Chris is in here to stop this. Chris, Chris, you just, saw him last last <laughs> last segment. The way that he attacked. Talking me. to that Chris must be. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm that's me every other hour. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, we still have to get to our, our truth have, or trash. Talk Lamar Jackson. I've got this truth or trash. Truth or trash. Love it. Truth or trash. Can you explain it to me? It's really yeah. It's it's kind of complicated. Yeah. So we have a statement, mm-hmm. and you tell tell us if it's truth or trash. It's it's hard to follow, gotcha. but just try okay. to okay. Know, keep up here with us. Um, truth or trash, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, the 49ers. The 49ers lost it. to go get Lamar Jackson. Um, and before you answer, oh, let me just explain, okay? Oh, Think about this. Okay. Mm-hmm. So because of the deal that the Ravens have, this non-exclusive franchise tag, which is kind of crazy that they did this, right, with a guy who's 26 years old, who's won an MVP, um, it puts them in an interesting spot where – the Jackson has permission to negotiate an offer sheet from any team in the NFL. And then the Ra- Ravens would then have a chance to either match it or let Jackson walk and receive two first round picks from Jackson's mm-hmm. new team. There's a lot of weirdness going on. That's so the 49ers don't have a pick in this year's draft Ooh, in the first round. So that obviously complicates things. ESPN's Bill Barnwell says teams that don't have their own first round pick in 2023, such as the Niners or Dolphins could acquire Jackson without using an offer sheet. In these cases, uh, he said he would expect the Ravens to ask for something more than two first-round picks. An example might be to include a first-round pick, a second-round pick, and a quarterback who can replace Jackson in the starting lineup. Oh, huh? I see where your mind's a going here. little Trey here. Lance, a first-round pick, a second-round pick to Baltimore for Lamar Jackson. Truth or trash, the Niners oh, should think man. about getting Lamar Jackson. See, it's all – think about getting Lamar Jackson. They should consider yeah. bringing in Lamar Jackson. There I definitely go. think so. I mean, just with how – Confusing that quarterback situation could could shake out being, you know, with, with who knows when Brock Purdy is going to return. Trey Lance, it's kind of like a weird situation where if they are going to roll out Trey Lance, like how are they going to determine who or what they're going to do with him moving forward? I think it's kind of a clean break. It seems good to me. And You're trying to you win know? a championship. Could you imagine yes. Kyle Shanahan with Those Lamar weapons. Jackson. If you have Legs, Lamar Jackson, arm. Debo Samuel, Ugh. and Christian McCaffrey, thank you. Thank you could you. just run run those three in the George backfield Kittle. and just triple option every single There's play because you can do whatever you want. I, I obviously the complicated thing would be you got to pay him. You already have a lot of money invested. You still sure. have to deal with. Hey, you got to pay Brandon Ayuk. Would you yeah. be able to afford him then? You know, Nick Bosa's got the big contract extension that he's going to land. So it's a lot of money out there. But God, you know, it's just. It's the the Niners quarterback situation just never feels like it's totally figured out. And mm-hmm. I know like what we saw from Brock Purdy, but he's getting surgery. We don't mm-hmm. know if he's going to be ready. It feels like they're kind of mixed on Trey Lance. You have a window here, right? Yep. Definitely. <laughs> Especially with how good this defense is for sure. I mean, you mentioned money like that that right now the 49ers have the benefit of having two quarterbacks that are on rookie rookie scale contracts. In the window capitalize capitalize on it and especially if this is something that is serious and can happen i mean you will have not only one of the better quarterbacks that you've had in yeah. how many wow, years right. and on top of that 
a really good backup quarterback in Brock Purdy, who is trying to work his way back from injury. I think the tough thing might be, you know, I think we're thinking about Lamar Jackson, the runner. I don't know how much Lamar Jackson, the passer, fits with with Shanahan. You know, it seems like the reason why they they liked Trey Lance and and they really liked Brock Purdy over Jimmy Garoppolo was his ability to throw the deep ball. And, you know, Lamar has had checkered history with with just throwing in general. Well, the Ravens haven't exactly. They haven't given him the best weapons for sure. Wide receivers, Right. right? So. I don't know. I just think it's something you should look into. I mean, why didn't they win it all last year? Uh, because Josh Johnson. Because of a quarterback. And I know oh, one got hurt. Yeah. However, they played four. Like, that's a, I know, you it's really kind of can't know, account for that. And if you're if you're bringing in Lamar Jackson also, you should probably have a pretty, pretty decent backup option. I'm also coming from this. I'm not a Niners fan. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't. I'm Look, not. Let's put the ball rational. on your court then. Raiders. To me, the Raiders are a team that makes a lot of sense for Lamar. I'm not a Raiders fan either, but... Really? No, I'm not. <laughs> I thought you were. No. Oh, He's uh-huh. kind of a nothing fan. I grew up a Cowboys fan. Okay. Yeah. I'm You're like Rob Lowe. You put on the uh, NFL hat. I just... I can tell you why I don't like the Cowboys. Please tell us. Jerry One Jones. Person. Jerry yeah. Jones. What was different? Jerry Jones has always been there. Yeah, but, yeah. It, you know... The, you were the, just too young. No, the Kaep- once the Kaepernick stuff happened, oh, he right. just... Yes. And then, and then like, accepting players even that, like, throw women on a... Randy Gregory. Greg yeah. Hardy yeah. really got me. Just, yeah. he has no yeah, morals or values, and he's Very a racist tough. weirdo. So, let's just be honest check here. Check and check. Yeah. So, um... He was just watching what was happening at that That school. is true, yeah. Participate. Didn't participate, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. No, I just... He was just seeing what was going on, if I remember correctly. Uh, I just think the whole Lamar Jackson thing is super just sus, as the kids would say. It's sus yeah. that he is available right now, mm-hmm. and there's teams who don't have quarterbacks that go, yeah, I'm good, and I don't know if it has more to do with... Oh. I'm being pulled. Being pulled out? Being pulled. They're going to the lefty. Oh, yeah. Did you have to leave early? I did. I completely. I was having too much fun. My fault. My fault. My fault. I also never heard about practice. That's why we needed to talk to you. Yes. Practice is up. Okay. (laughs) It's coming up. Oh, man. See, I never got the word on where. I have to go to King's practice because Frankie isn't here. Uh, See, thanks, Frankie. You're messing my day up. God. It's been fun, y'all. Hey. Well, thanks for Frankie. Also, make sure Chris Watkins, you can listen to him. Um, 10 to 11, Monday through Friday here on Sacktown Sports. Bye, Chris. Bye, y'all. Did, did you not know what time practice was today? I, no, I did not know. What so time they time. just like, were like, hey, you gotta go. Yeah, Interesting. Mean, that's, okay. that's what just happened. I literally <laughs> just saw Brian and Brian's Chris like, hey, in my he ear, he like, to go let's, to practice, let's right? go. Get to practice. Uh, yeah, if you're not there, I know. I mean, what? Guys, what's going to happen Who today? else is going to talk to Kessler Edwards today, okay? What is going to happen if you don't ask Mike Brown... About being on national TV tomorrow. Get out of here and go. He needs to ask them what their favorite two songs are. Yes, and what, that. Wait, please. what time is practice? Chris, Twelve o'clock. Twelve o'clock. Oh, oh. oh. you're 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 okay, screwed. One, no, no. Twelve o'clock, which is means twelve thirty. I'm gonna yeah. laugh. You're, let me know when you get in there. Yeah, text us. Let me us. know because I guarantee it won't be twelve forty-five, and you're rushing to get out of there. I just. Oh gosh. Uh, coming up <laughs> on the show today, we've got that local guy in studio with us, Drew. We'll talk some more Kings basketball. I just, I got a little thrown off at the middle of the show. I was just seeing like this, like, Chris, you got to go. I'm like, is he okay? Or like, is he being fired? Is he... Yeah, it's been real fun. But, uh... Yeah, I didn't know what was going on. Chris and Co. is now ended. Yeah, just, I was like, oh my God. Chris said something bad about Jerry Jones. <laughs>
He's got to go. Oh, my God. It was so abrupt. It was, it was very of- abrupt. <laughs> I was worried. I, I was like, Bye, look Chris. at oh, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It's also, so funny. it is funny just knowing as someone who goes to King's practice all the time, or just not lately, but usually when yeah. we are doing the show, they say practice availabilities at noon. Always late. You are never going in at noon. Nope. You sit into a lobby and wait till they call, and sometimes it's one thirty. So, it's the truth. Well, I hope I hope they start right on time today, and they don't let them in. Yeah. Sorry, man. You're late. All right, um, coming up at the start of next hour, I mentioned it, that local guy, a.k.a. Drew, he's going to be in the studio with us talking Kings. Can't wait to talk to him. The, he's also part of In the Film Room, a Sacramento Kings podcast. Yes. Does amazing work. He knows ball. We're going to talk to him because we talked to him before the season. He's like, I think the Kings can have a top five offense. wonder if he's surprised that the Kings are the best offensive team in mm. basketball. We'll do that coming up at noon. And at one, the big show. It's the big show. We call him Paul White now. Yeah, we do. It's Deuce and Mo. This is Sacktown Sports 1140 and com. Two. It's all about the two today. He's been, you guys have been killing it with that today. You like it? That's oh, Chris, Chris. Man. Love it. Gotta love it. Yeah, we are soaking it in today. The Kings are the number two seed in the Western Conference, just like everyone thought before the, the season started, right? I planned this out. I said no play-in, playoffs, and possibly championship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't really feel that way. It's okay. I never felt yeah. that way, no. <laughs> it is crazy. Uh, Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan, and our guest in studio. If you know him on social media, or if you don't, you should follow him. That yep. local guy on Twitter, the one and only, Drew is here. Yeah! He also co-host in the film room sacramento kings podcast uh does amazing work with skyler so appreciate you being here man yeah uh skyler and my good friend fish guy abe yes fish guy of course so shout out, shout out to abe he said he he said he would harm me physically if i didn't shout no, him out and that's so my bad i should i i failed to do that i'm very familiar with fish guy every <laughs> time he's in our discord i drop the fish on him he's great Aww. yeah yeah, yeah. Well, we don't want you to get hurt. Either, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Yes, I, I needed to get that out of the way uh, first. But thank you so much for having me on. Uh, this is an honor and a privilege, and I'm just so happy that you tore back on the airwaves. Oh my god! Haven't seen you guys. Haven't seen you. Haven't seen both of you in forever. Even at uh, Kings. You know, game. I saw you last game. You were talking to like you know when you come near the media section, all these. You have all these group are they yeah. groupies, I think? Media groupies. No, that I'm just there to get my you? parking validation. For oh, Frankie. okay, yeah, that's right. Frankie hooked you up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I, I did see. I couldn't, you know, come say hi at that time. But um, yeah, no, I appreciate you being here. And yeah, um, I w- we were just talking to Chris Watkins about you coming in, and that he had mentioned that Monty McNair was asking about your Twitter account, the Kings general manager, who's like, wait, this guy like breaks down hoops. He's talking about pick and roll coverages, talking about our play sets, but at the same time, trolls a lot. What when you found that out? What would you think? Um, I my media thought was we live in an insane timeline and this is a simulation <laughs> and the Kings being 38 and 26 and second place in the Western conference in the month of March further confirms that. So wow. yeah, that was my thought. It, it was, it was pretty wild. There were some specific tweets that apparently he pointed out where he was just like, I'm so confused because he'll do this and then he'll like break down like a hammer play, you know, like five minutes later. Yeah, because apparently, if you could break down the hammer play, you can't have any sense of humor, right? Yeah, You're right. Like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. You must be just focused strictly on basketball. Mm-hmm. I remember talking to you before uh, King season on our podcast. Yeah, 
Oh, sorry. Did you? No, I'm just laughing. It's oh. so true. I just realized I'm like icing you out. Oh, no. And it's International Women's and it's inter- Day. Happy yeah, yeah. International no, Women's no, Day. No, no, please, the men. To you, Mo, and, and everybody, all the women out there. We're yeah. going to acknowledge, say happy, happy, but let the men talk Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, so, I'll just ask a question. Whenever whenever it's needed, I'll ask a question, but can you pass the question to I me? I will for sure allow thank, you an opportunity Thank in a you second. so much. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, when oh, yeah. we had He'd him on good. our podcast before the season... Remember, he was saying, I think the Kings have the potential to have a top five offense. Did you expect it to be this good, though? Yeah, I, I actually went back and listened to that episode yesterday just, just to listen to some of the stuff that we were saying. And op- when it comes to the offense especially, boy, did we sell them short mm. because this is, as of right now, the best offense in not just the league but in NBA history if you go by offensive rating. Uh, and that was probably the one thing on the season preview that I got to do with you both that we absolutely sold this team short on. That's what's it's wild to even think about that moment because I don't know if I said this during that time, but I'm sure I did. I probably challenged back with, um, oh, and tell me if you heard this by any <laughs> chance. Uh, oh, it, it takes, I don't know, it takes a team um, a little bit of time to mm-hmm. to mesh, to develop together. And, I mean, you see that throughout sports. It, unless you are just adding a whole bunch of all-stars, which now the Kings ended up having two all-stars this season. Right. But unless you're adding a whole bunch of all-stars and big names, it never seems like you're going to take that leap that quick. The Kings took that leap and more this season and, and and totally debunked everything that I said about a team needing time to mesh. It's okay. You know, I don't think many people are like right about the Kings. I mean, Drew was pretty close. I mean, he was pretty high on the offense, but I mean, I, I just think it's it's been crazy <laughs> to see how great it's been. The amount of 130 plus point games, even against Minnesota, where I was like disappointed with how that game went. But I'm like, they still put up 134 in that game, and yeah. they didn't play great and still had a chance to win. Yeah. Uh, Morgan, when I did mention that the potential for a top-five offense was there, you were kind of you were kind of like, hmm, okay. Uh, measured intrigue uh-huh. would be the way that I describe it. You weren't going to commit fully to being excited, but you were like, eh, okay, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, look, this team, and, and and this was another thing we mentioned on that on that pre, uh, that season preview was uh, we all agreed we're done winning games one forty to one thirty nine. Yeah, totally done over that. <laughs> totally over that, right? Yeah, no, we we only win games one seventy six to one seventy five now. Go. Apparently, um, yeah. Look, I, I think the big the big thing is was the was the team building that Monty McNair uh, did over the off season. You know, this team, if you're going to build an offense around De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis, you have to have proper spacing. The Kings yeah. had none of that last season. And then, of course, those two guys got hurt at the end of the season. You didn't give, you didn't get too too big of a sample size with those two together. But you had Kevin Herter, Malik Monk, Keegan Murray coming in and being one of the 10 best shooters in the league, which is it, it obviously was a massive revelation that I don't think anybody really saw coming. He's on pace to shatter the the rookie three-point record for three-point field goals made by Donovan Mitchell. I, look, you put those two guys, uh, Malik coming off the bench, Harrison Barnes, obviously consummate pro. He's always good to shoot high 30s from three, even though he got off to a rough start to the season. Look, you space the floor enough and you bend and stretch defenses enough. De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis are going to get whatever they want, whenever they want, practically. And that's kind of been the case. And DeMontis Sabonis, on top of the fact that he's so good around the rim and has been, you know, on medium volume, been shooting pretty okay from outside, he's 
just we talked about this before the season. He's a high level processor yep. that feels and and just plays the game at his pace. Knows what he's best at. Knows that if he's willing to pass the ball and to set guys up, they will have the incentive to cut and move. And that's why this offense is at a one eighteen point six offensive rating. Insane. And I know we keep talking about how you know Monty and the roster construction, and then obviously how this team is led by Mike Brown and mm-hmm. the the. Um, what offensive, defensive strategy, techniques, whatever. But De'Aaron Fox and Domas Sabonis as individuals have taken their game to a whole nother level. And I think, you know, when we talk about Keegan Murray being the shooter that he is, no one was expecting that, but we also hadn't seen him in the NBA before. Mm -hmm. With De'Aaron, we have seen so many times year after year flashes, zero consistency with it, being like, man, does he does he have this? Does he not have it? Maybe he's just never going to be a number one guy. Domas Sabonis, if you were watching Pacers games, I mean, you saw sometimes what he was doing with his dominance, but this just has a whole different flow to it. And those guys bringing their game to another tier of play in the NBA has yeah. just been absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's it's... For me, mostly, yeah, it's it's definitely those two guys. I mean, for the first 45, 44, 45 minutes, yeah, run your stuff, right? Like, give, give Sabonis the ball, have him just grab and go, set up the offense, run your DHOs and stuff like that, and, and, and just do your thing. And when things break down or when you need a big basket down the stretch, give the ball to De'Aaron Fox. You know, he's by far mm. the best clutch player in the league this year. And those two guys have elevated one another so much uh, Sabonis obviously giving De'Aaron a legit you know 1A 1B I mean those guys are interchangeable 1A 1B but giving him another star that he can lean on has been huge for him and you see it on both ends with De'Aaron Fox he's locked yes. in defensively most nights and then on offense he doesn't have to carry the team for the first 45 minutes of the game that's why he's got the legs underneath him at the end of the game to to make big plays and make clutch shots so yeah those two guys obviously together Monty McNair, his first big move was giving De'Aaron Fox that max, right? Mm-hmm. Well, last last trade deadline, he took a ton of heat for it, but he doubled down with De'Aaron, has since tripled down with him. And all three, well, the two guys involved in the trade and then the guy by extension involved in that trade, De'Aaron Fox, DeMontis Sabonis, Tyrese Halliburton, they're all all-stars. So yeah. it's all worked out. And I think it's helped Miles Turner too. Yeah, yeah you know, so 100%. It's, it's wild how things work out. I want to go back to what you're saying about De'Aaron's defense because – I think we've all looked at De'Aaron and thought, okay, he has the potential to be a really good defensive player. Mm-hmm. I talked to Doug Christie about that all the time. When Doug was doing analyst work, he's like, I think he can be an all-NBA-level defensive player. Mike Brown's kind of said that, especially when he got the job. What has been different for him this year? What have you noticed defensively about what he's been able to do? Well, the number one thing is just engagement. <laughs> he, yeah. he, would, he would just there were possessions last year where he kind of had to take some possessions off, even before last season, right? There was just too much of the offensive workload put on his shoulders. And so he just didn't have the legs underneath him to play defense for a full, however many minutes he plays, 30, 35 minutes a night. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, though, this year, if you want to get into specifics, this screen navigation is just so much better. Uh, he's he's getting around them. Uh, teams, I think, early on in the season, tried to test him by putting him into space and putting him into actions, pin downs, that type of thing, while he's guarding guys off the ball. He's getting around those. And... His ability to be in help and to play passing lanes is the best that I've ever seen it. And we always, I think, when he came into the league, just watching him in college, thought, oh, he's got the tools. Yep. He's so lightning quick, and he's so fast, and he's so good with his hands. He, he can play passing lanes all day if he wants to, but that's that's not what makes you a good NBA defender. You have to lock in on the ball as well. 
So I think really just everything about his game has been elevated on defense. But mostly, I think the number one thing is just he's more He's just more engaged out there. Yeah, and I think that engagement, you know, some people like to use the word effort, too. You know, there's more effort put behind it to be locked in, to be engaged. But I also think this is something I always go back to. I always said De'Aaron was never taught how to – and this isn't only De'Aaron. I think this goes for AAU basketball and then even in college when you try and play in systems, sometimes you just put a a zone out there just to make a guy look good, you know, whatever. He's going to get to the next level because of his size, whatever. With De'Aaron, I never thought that he was taught how to play basketball the right way. And so then in Sacramento, no one was trying to actually develop and teach him different fundamentals, techniques. And Mike Brown comes in, and just polishes his game, and I, I guess yeah, his connection with Luke Lauks has helped too. Absolutely, I think. Yeah. and I think I think with Mike Brown and this coaching staff, we got to give a lot of credit to the way oh, that they time. came in. Big time, yeah. Um, when Mike Brown takes those quick timeouts, mm. like a thirty seconds into a quarter, my immediate thought because I, I I used to be I used to be a coach, I used to be an assistant coach at the high school level, and. Sometimes you're really afraid of overcoaching <laughs> because these like, kids will tune you out. You know, like, if you harp on the same thing over and over, they'll tune you out. If you try to do too much and <laughs> talk too much to them, they just tune you out. These are professional basketball players. They're paid hundreds of millions of dollars to play a child's game. I don't think many of us think that they would be willing to be as receptive to somebody when they do that. But I think it speaks to the character of the team and the staff knowing how to read the room like – Oh, these guys want this. So let's hold them accountable. Let's hop into drills if we need to. Let's take these timeouts 15 seconds into a quarter. If that's what they want, that's what they'll get. And really, credit to everybody involved. Like, it, it hasn't worn thin, it hasn't worn anybody down. And Mike Brown continues to take his signature timeouts. Dude, when he has. Go wrong. <laughs> and I think it helps, too, that your two best guys, Sabonis and Fox, are down with it. Yeah. Right? Because 100%. if those two are coachable, I think. It makes it way easier for the coaching staff to be able to coach the other guys. It's contagious, mm-hmm. right? It's like those guys, are, other guys are noticing, oh, they believe. They're buying in. Okay, well, then let's all buy in. And then once everyone's starting to buy in and there's winning going on, it's crazy what that can do for a team. It doesn't even matter if your guys even are down the bench not playing. Yeah. You're still engaged and in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy. I, I just... <laughs> The, the the vibes with this team, you can I mean they they are emanating throughout the entire fan base. You can just you yeah. can just see. It. I mean, even before the season, the 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 clip of Mike Brown sprinting and and turn on the to, effing jets. Yeah, turn turn the effing jets on right. Oh, that fires me up. Oh yeah, show. it's like Deuce is standing up, people. He's standing up right now. <laughs> Jordy Fernandez on the live on the live up. stream. Oh dude, the I, one I in love Summer Jordy. League? Yeah, remember Summer League yes. training camp? He's like. I don't give three, four. Yeah, I don't give four, four f's about winning or losing. It's about how we win and how we lose. This that, is an effing business trip. That yeah. man is one hundred percent head coach material because you kind of have to be like a sociopath to be a head coach. And yeah. when when Keegan hit the Murray miracle in Vegas, that he didn't even react. <laughs> he just stood there, and I'm like, yeah, like that guy's gonna be a head coach one day. And you know, it was just a couple weeks ago when the when the Hawks had that opening, he was named as a candidate. I mean, you got to think about it. he's the associate head coach of this team, and then. A chair down, you have Jay Triano, who has so mm-hmm. much experience. And then a chair down from him, you got Luke Lauks. And then the behind-the-bench people, uh, Lindsey Harding, Doug Christie. Like, this coaching staff has so much depth. And they the 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 amount of investment that they've put into the coaching staff is a I, – I, I think it's probably the main reason why, outside of these guys actually playing the game, that they are playing as well as they are is because they have the proper people in place to put them in a position to succeed. They also employ a full-time mental 
strength coach too. Oh yeah, you Mike talked Brown, to him the other um, day. That Mike Brown, like, is a big Mike Brown brought, brought him on, and I guess he had told him years ago, like, when I get a job, I'm hiring mm-hmm. you. He's like, I've heard that before. Yeah. Brought him on, and he's had a big impact too, working with the that's players awesome. too. So that's really cool. Um, one thing uh, you said, the Murray miracle. Yeah. So can we just acknowledge the fact that <laughs> only in Sacramento would we call something the Murray miracle that happened in summer league, and yeah. none of us flinched. Like, yeah, yeah, that was a it was a miracle. <laughs> yeah. What a game. Yeah. yeah. Awesome no, game. No other fan base talks about a summer league game like we do. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that's what's cool about this too, you guys, is that we'll appreciate the Murray miracle. Also, to where the Kings are now in the second seed, um, where, of course, there's going to be parts of the fan base that are like, oh, yeah, no, we can win the championship now. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be parts of the fan base that go, oh, this is a fluke. And then there's the middle ground, the the mostly, I'll just say, mostly realistic crew, right? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I'm not even. I'm the not even, cowards. Yeah, the cowardly <laughs> bunch. You, no, you're in that category. I'm, 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 with Mo, I'm with Mo, though. Yeah. I we, just, we've, we've, been, we've been in the same, we've been in the same boat since, since, the, since the preseason. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Really? Yeah. You shut your mouth. What? <laughs> Miss, like, oh, I think 36 wins, 37 wins. The, the West is tough. I'm over here going, you know, I think best case 43, 44. I mean. Okay. My, oof. here's my thing. My thought process though, on the Western conference in the, in, I'm sorry, the Kings haven't made a postseason in 16 years. So we thought maybe this first year, yeah. first year with the first year head coach, well, first year here in Sacramento yeah. head coach and Mike Brown and De'Aaron Fox, who only showed inconsistent signs through his first five seasons that all of a sudden the Kings were going to take this leap. Well, I didn't think this leap, but I mean, well, Morgan, I said play in conversation. I think this is just one of those days you need to go, Oh, maybe I should listen to Deuce a little more when he's talking about things because the one no. thing, no, the one thing I said, what did I say before the season about the West? I said, the difference between like three and 11 is not much. You and said what that? Do you know? Okay, now here's oh my, my one God. thing. Like, just... Drew, I love that Drew's here. Drew, my one thing is with the Western <laughs> Conference, what I said, I was like, hey, expect a lot of these teams to change, you know, by the trade deadline. There's mm-hmm. no way they're going to. And then, of course, they change, like even the Lakers change, yeah. but it wasn't enough. To, and, I mean, LeBron James is also hurt, but it just wasn't enough to make that push. And the Kings are also a much better basketball team than yeah. we had even expected them to be. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of damage done to those teams record-wise early on in the season. Yep. Load management, injuries. Punches in the face. Horrible. Yeah, horrible roster building uh, before they were gifted a lifeline by the league, the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's yeah, you can't always account for that. And and you, it's so unpredictable. But it's I. Hey, we'll, we'll take it. I I'm I'm with Morgan though. I was not See? expecting this this well, no. though. What, what, Second seed, thirty eight and thirty eight wins on March eighth is thank you insanity. What, do you remember what you were thinking though? Like a win total before the season? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I actually, yeah. I I listened to that uh, that last night. I think I was saying like forty ish wins. Okay. We're and that's very realistic. 40s, that's is, crazy. It, but that, and that is so realistic. And you were still around the 41. Or... My most unrealistic take I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed by this. What? You know the year they won 39? Oh, yeah, yeah. I the do. year after, I was like, dude. Yep. <laughs> Idiot. There could be they 48, 50. I don't know. Like, I was all in. I was like, dude. Like I, Luke Walton, I don't know if he's a good coach, but I know he's gonna be able to connect with the guys. And mm-hmm. I think they need someone that can connect. Jaeger wasn't connecting with them. Right. I bought into that. 
And That's okay. let's just say I fell hard after that. No. And that, that and, was, that hurts. And sometimes we do that, but that's why I think the funnest thing about this season is what we're seeing. Yeah. With, with even when, let's just say the shot isn't falling for the Kings and their offense, there's other things that they can control. And even if their defense, they don't have the best individuals def- de- defenders on this squad, their team defense is carrying them to another level. Mm-hmm. But do you think they can do that in the postseason with this type of defense? The postseason is going to be very, very different. I The Kings are currently 25th in defensive rating, I think. On 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 your season preview, we were hoping for twentieth. Hey, um, well, what do you think about Zach Lewis suggesting that they're better defensively than maybe their rating I, suggests? I I would agree with that because yeah. their their defensive rating takes a leap in the fourth quarter. They they Big really time. lock down and they get stops when they really need to in the clutch. So I I, I would agree with that. I also agree with him on you know, on that same podcast. He was saying they're probably a, a legit wing away, and that was something that we all talked about before the season. We're probably this team is probably a legitimate two-way wing away from actually being a contender, like a real contender. But, yeah, I think they're a little bit better defensively simply because the process is fine. And I did a breakdown uh, from the Timberwolves game because the Kings were getting lit up because they were giving up corner threes like crazy. The rotations were fine. I just think in situations like that, good offense is always going to be good defense usually. And also, you go as far as your personnel takes you. Uh, when the Timberwolves scheme up and they put a small in the corner so that a small has to rotate over to help on the mm. big rolling, and then that small then has to close out. Mm. Look, Davion Mitchell, love him. Defensive wizard. But if you're flying at a guy who's 6'6 and taking a corner three, you're not going to do much with the contest. Mm. So I think the process is totally fine on defense, and it'll be different in a seven-game series simply because, I mean, it's Mike Brown time, baby. Like He's going to have like 17 different defenses. We're only just seeing that just now. It was that Clippers game was the first time when he went to a zone for an extended period of time. Yeah. And How do you think that's looked? He did that last game, too. Yeah, I, 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 think that's, I think that's totally fine to just show a little bit of that now and then, to throw teams off balance and to really just stop straight-line drives because those drive me nuts as a guy watching this team. Yeah. And I, th- I think that that certainly helps. Um, you can also hide somebody in foul trouble doing that as well. And Sabonis, obviously, is so valuable. you got to be able to hide him uh, if, he, if he's on the hook for a couple of fouls early. Um, and it really makes it a lot easier on this group if they don't have to fly and rotate as much and you keep guys in certain spots. So uh, packing the paint with the zone, I'm down with it. It's just these guys are pros, and guys are going to eventually hit shots. You can't play zone for an entire game. No. So I, I expect to see a lot more, though. I mean, last year with the Warriors, he was running 2-3, three, 3-2, three, a box and one. Uh, uh, he was going, like, matchup zone. Yeah. And he was also – that, too, this yeah, year. Yeah, we have. And in the 2019 finals, Nick Nurse went to a triangle and two because oh he's a madman. And – I wouldn't be surprised if somebody pulls that out again. And that's and I remember the box and one. And didn't the Warriors pull that out and Mike Brown throw that at them when they had not even really practiced it before? And they mm-hmm. were like, "Okay, hey, we we're we're all pros. We yep. know what a box and one is, so we're going to throw it at them." Mm-hmm. And it ended up working a little bit more. But I I think it's what else is crazy about the NBA. It seems like other teams are using zones a lot more yeah. lately. Yeah, it's really interesting. We're all roughly the same age in here. You guys remember the illegal defense? Oh yeah. <laughs> you used to not even be able to you play a zone. And now now that they've been now that they've been able to add that, teams are starting to we didn't see it for the first like ten years when they started letting teams do it again. Yeah. And now we see it all the time. And I I do think it's really interesting. Like just from an X's and O standpoint, I, I, I love that stuff, like the kitchen sink being thrown at teams. 
And then how does this team counter it? Mm. This league's full of counters, right? Like you got to find out how to counter this and counter that. I, I, I'm really, really interested to see teams just throw junk at one another in the playoffs and see how they deal with it. If you looked at the Clippers versus Kings game, uh, the 176-175 game, that was like an entire playoff series condensed oh. into one game. They were, Dude, yeah. Both coaches were throwing everything at one another. Both teams were going zone, different types of zones. They were doing different, uh, you know, like pick and roll coverages. They had... The Clippers had Nick Batum face guarding De'Aaron Fox for 90 feet. <laughs> like, yeah. it, like all this stuff was happening in that game. And I thought that game was so important because this is what we're going to see in April and potentially May. So it's better to know now how you're going to deal with it and have tape on it now than as opposed to later. Let's talk more about that coming up. Drew's hanging out with us. That local guy. We've got to take a break on the radio side, but we're always live. YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. It's Deuce and Mo. Sacktown Sports 1140. SacktownSports.com. I have not heard this song in so long. Got it. Took me. It took me a second to like click. Wow. Brain. Chris, you're pulling them. <laughs> you know, there's not a lot of songs with talking about the number two. Mm, yeah. I could find more. You can go with two. Deuce poop. That doesn't count. Doesn't count. He laughed. Doesn't count. Of course, he laughs at that. <laughs> Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan, that local yeah, guy. There's a lot of poop songs out there. Okay. AKA Drew in the building. You know something I want to ask you? Um, how you watch basketball, right? You mm-hmm. obviously, you've played it, you've coached it, you know the game, you do great breakdowns on some of the stuff the Kings are running. If someone wanted to start doing that, like, how, how, what would you advise them? They want to dive in. They want to learn that and be able to see the game. Is it watching a lot? Is it looking up? Like, how did you get into it? Um. Well, for me, playing and coaching obviously helped. That's yeah. the ultimate shortcut is when you're forced to. And then for me as a player, I think the thing that really made me accelerate the whole learning process of it was I used to just shoot the ball a lot growing up. And then once I realized my growth spurt was not going to be as big as a lot of these other dudes – we're going D1 and whatnot, I was like, all right, I should probably change the way I play. So I had to turn myself into a point guard, and that really helped me learn the game that way. And then obviously coaching helps you learn it from a completely different perspective. But if I'm somebody who wanted to learn more about the X's and O's and the actions and all that stuff to see what's really happening out there, because I think many of us just, we see ball. Yes. Ball goes in the hoop. It's it. That's That's it. That's That's the primary objective, right? And so I totally understand. And you want to watch these stars do what they do. And the NBA is very ISO heavy most of the time. So, you know, like that's that's what's glorified or like that's what's posted out there is when these guys go ISO and they do these cool things. First thing I would do if I wanted to learn the game and the X's and O's is I would just not watch the ball. Mm. I would just watch the other eight guys on the court besides the dude with the ball and the dude guarding the ball. Uh, and that will lead you to realize that, oh, wow, like that guy catching the ball here and then doing this and then getting the ball there, and that's how they scored was not an accident. This was a set play, and that that was the one thing I had to – and it's tough. You have to really, really train yourself to not watch the ball, but, I mean – you know, I'm always in the film room, so you know, <laughs> no, I know you so, are. So you know, like when you know, all the film room sessions when I was a coach and stuff like that. I mean, I was running around, you know, scouting teams and whatnot for playoffs and things like that. These those last couple of years I was coaching and all the film that I watched. You know, uh, my 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 old uh, high school head coach, who was also the coach that I coached under when I went back to coach my old high school, Tony. Fol- shout out to Tony Folks. 
my high school head coach. I hope he's listening right now. Aww. You went to um, El Camino, right? I went to El Camino, yeah. Wait, did, so wait, did you, you played with uh, Cole? No, no, no Cole, Cole was before my time. Okay. Cole, I played with his brother. Oh, that's his right. Brother, Brett. Brett. Brett, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, yeah, a very inside there, by the way. My <laughs> yeah. old roommate. Yeah. Oh, that Cole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cole went to, uh, yeah. Yeah, Cole went to, Cole was freaking, he was, you, he was, he was an athlete. But let's be honest, Dude, you'd get buckets on him now. No, no, Cole's, Cole's, Cole's a bucket, man. I'm not even. I'm not even going to entertain that. Cole, Cole could, Cole, Cole would whoop me like one on one anytime. Yeah. Anyway, dude, dude was just a freaking athlete. But, uh, but yeah, you know, he, my old coach, he would be like, all right, yeah, go tape, go film this team, and like you bring me a scouting report. I got all these, you know, like all the other coaches had a whole bunch of teams to scout for playoffs because we were scouting not just the, the teams that we most likely would play, but we were prepared for any scenario. We would go and like scout like multiple teams, each coach, and so I had to like present like three or four scouting reports to him before playoffs just in case. And uh, when I did that, the two years that I was on the varsity staff towards the end of each season, I was just like, wow, now I see the game in a completely different way. And like now when I watch games, it's like I can only watch that way. <laughs> so, Dude, yeah. I so see- you when you go back, sorry, yeah. but when you go back and watch Kings game, you're like, you're pausing a lot. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and KFR, shout out to Kings Film Room. Yes. Fresno's finest. Yes. Shout out to the five five nine. Uh, I don't know if they have internet out there. No, but, I was gonna uh, say there's not. Yeah. I mean, saying Fresno's finest isn't really saying much, <laughs> but no, I mean uh, he's great. Skyler is great. It's- and and if he's got a fast enough internet connection, hopefully he's listening <laughs> oh, right now. Oh my god! But but uh, he and I have talked about this, and I think you actually asked us this at a game. You were like Mo, Mo asked us. When you guys watch games, do you guys just like memorize like what happens oh, yeah. out there, and then you just post it. And we, me and him both kind of looked at each other and said. Yeah, and and yeah. Mo's like, oh, I write everything down. I like timestamp it and stuff, and then I can go back. You know, KFR does so much work with the YouTube side of things and tweeting like tweeting things out. I think he's almost exclusively left the in-game clipping to me when I'm Whoa. able to do it, and he goes back and he watches the games afterwards and now almost exclusively posts clips after games because he can just see the game better that way. So. Dude, I just love that you guys do this because it just – one, as Kings fans, to have this awesome content, so mm-hmm. many great content creators, and you guys are a part of that, and you're helping fans better understand the game. You're yes. helping us better understand the game. That's, it's great. That's what I was going to say, because like you know, we have an instant reaction podcast that mm-hmm. we're pretty much doing off of these games, yeah. and there's so many things that we we miss. And when I say miss, I just mean in detail. Right. Mm-hmm. Like there's just these these little details that I can go back the next day and or go on Twitter and see you or KFR or um, I mean, Will Z, another guy that just even throws out stats that like lead me to go. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why this, you know, so and so did still have a good game or yeah. whatever it may be. And and but I remember even back as a player, I wish I had learned how to watch the game and study the game mm-hmm. the way that you knew like when you were on the coaching staff and everything and I think about these Kings players now and I think there's so many years you guys that no one was again teaching them even how to watch the game how to learn the game the right way not just on the floor but even through the film room yeah. and you're seeing the discipline in all of these players and everyone's buying into this discipline because they are like actually understanding yeah. what can work even if you don't have a whole bunch of Kevin Durant's on your team. Right. Yeah. You you obviously need the buy-in, but also the mental capacity to soak that stuff all up as yes. well. Um, and I mean, you look at the you look at the additions to the team over the offseason, all really high IQ guys. 
and you get the current guys, the the guys who were already on the roster when those guys came in, and those guys have bought in, and and I mean Harrison, De'Aaron, Delmas, the main three guys that were holdovers, obviously all really high level players that just know the game and just feel the game very well. Um, it, it 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 was it was a good mix, and I mean, look, the if you've been paying attention to uh, the Kings' offense this season, they have layered on so many things. It's a new thing every game, or at least every other game with this team, where they they have a counter that they put into place that they've that they've added on top of their base like concepts, and you don't do that with just any group. You know, you have to have guys that think and and feel the game very very well. And I mean, the guys that we just named that were added to the team. They've been they've been a big big reason for that and and if and also another plug for KFR look if you haven't subscribed to his Patreon mm. do it because yes. he's got he's yeah. got the entire Kings playbook he's... on his Patreon with videos so that you can see the plays I mean what are you doing if you haven't subscribed to the Patreon every yes. every opponent every team yes. every scout should be subscribing Honestly. to his Patreon yeah people yell at him people yell at him on YouTube comments and like on Twitter they're like hey. You're doing the scouting for other teams. What's your problem, guy? <laughs> and and it's like, wait, do you guys are you guys unaware that scouts get paid a lot Thank of you. money to right. go to games and to scout teams themselves? Do you really think a scout who cared about job security would just go onto YouTube and say King's offense and then yeah. goes to a KFR video? Come on, people. Let's, I mean, let's I would real. do that if I was a scout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. make some side money. Um, so what do you? I know you do vo- voice acting. What do you want to do, big because? You know basketball. Like, do you want to work in basketball, do, or do you just kind of like doing it this way? You just have I, fun? I, yeah, I, I like doing it this way. It's yeah. it's a labor of love, and and I, and I like it when it's like that. Um, if if it became a job, because I mean I've heard some crazy stories about what coaches yeah, yeah. have had to do, and that and not even at the NBA level. But I, you, know, you know, you could so. be just dive into being a content creator all the time, though. Yeah, maybe, but I don't know. That's it's a hard. It's not like it's an easy life. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just trying to understand what he wants. I, I don't know. Well, maybe we you're just happy you. in life, I, and that's fine too. I'm not saying you're not. I just yeah. It, it's you're just a really talented person. Yes, it's like well, thank you, you get break down the game. That. You're funny. You do voice acting, like, dude. Yeah. I mean, talent. if I had billions of dollars, I would. I wish I could just pay you to create content all the time. Because truly, like I said. We learn from the content that you create. Kings fans get to learn from the content that you create, yeah. but it's it's so good. You're so talented in so many different ways. So, um, yeah, please don't ever stop. Yeah, thank you so much. That means a lot, especially coming from you both. <laughs> but today, especially from Morgan, because it's yeah, international. Yeah, yeah thank we you. have to acknowledge thank you. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, definitely, I, it's probably the acting thing that I want to do long Hell term. Hell yeah. It's not easy. It's You've so, been in commercials. It's, yeah, I ha, yeah, I've done, and I do on-camera acting as yeah. well. So I do on-camera and, and voiceover, but it's it's, it, it's it's not easy. It's super competitive, so I'm kind of in it for, for the long haul. And, uh, you know, Arby's for now pays the bills. Shout yes. out to my boss, Kevin, giving me a long lunch break so I could be here. Hell yeah, Kev. Be on Deuce and Mo. So big shout out to Kev. Um, hopefully the store's not too. Hopefully the store's not too slammed. But I don't know. It's yeah, uh, I don't know who goes. Lunchtime. Arby's. Yeah, it is lunchtime. It is lunchtime. Although yeah. who's yeah who's 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 got Arby's at the top of their list for lunch each day, right? Um, hopefully they're not a sponsor right now. Oh oh man, yeah we probably should have yeah we probably should have done we probably should have done some research I on that you side. Said who cares? <laughs> Drew, I appreciate you joining us today, man. Thanks so much for coming in. We'll have to do this again too, oh, man. Of if course. you're down. I, I, Hundred percent, I would be down. Thank you so much for having me, and, and thank you for coming back to the airwaves. Seriously, I'm so happy for well, we'll you guys. We'll see how long we're here, but yeah, for sure. So for proud. Sure. Everybody sure. loves that you're back. I do get offended. You will be by here that. forever. I get Why? offended because it's like 
we, we, we do a podcast. Is that not good enough for people? We go live <laughs> after games. It's like, hey, congrats, you're back. I'm like, I didn't go anywhere. You know what? No, no, no. What I'll say, I think some people just like the full circle thing about okay. this either right. way. It's just so like. He's, he's being nice. Is what yeah. You're we were screwed over seven years okay. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Now yeah. it's like, yeah. hey. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, so, Drew. He's cool. Of course. Yeah, Drew's, okay. good. Drew's on the good list. All right. <laughs> Thanks cool. so good much. Good to know. Follow him on Twitter if you don't. That local guy, the one and only Drew. Yeah. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. You know, when I worked at KFC, Chris Verla, they had this stupid jukebox, and this song was on so much. You know, just repeat. repeat. How many songs are on the jukebox? I don't know. I can't remember. It They're just like stuff like this. And this is a great. It's one. a great. It's great. But when you hear it and it every gets single day into your mind, you're just like, and you're doing like a job that's just like, Ugh, I just want to get done with this. Oh, it's a great passion. Oh, did you? Chicken. Yeah, I did, Chris. You put frozen chicken into a fryer, right? Was it not frozen? Are you kidding me? Was it frozen? No. Oh. No, I went to a fridge. I grabbed a bag of chicken. I put it in water. I shook it off, and I put it in the secret blend of herbs and spices. You want original? I'll give you a little original seasoning. Put it on a little uh, frying thing. Dropped it in there for like 20 minutes. Oh, you want extra crispy? We got a different batch of secret blend of herbs and spices. You put it in the flour. Pack in the water. Shake it off. Back in the flour. Did you make the blend of herbs and spices, or was it pre-made? So they had, you have the flour. This is so insane. This is literally the first thing that I heard you say <laughs> when I ever met you. <laughs> yeah. So then you had the flour. That's funny. Like this is <laughs> yeah, It's a repeat. Deja vu. And then, no, they had a bag of like, se- like secret blend yeah. of herbs and spices yeah. that you mix in with the flour. There you go. Now you learn. Okay. Now you learn. Hey, coming up, we've got oh, yeah. um, a legend, someone that I'll... I remember seeing him when I was a kid and going, oh, my God, this guy is amazing. A monster. And then when he moved to WWE, was that St. Valentine's Day Massacre? It was. was. When he showed up? That I was a big a different name, though. He was Paul White then. Yeah, he was he Paul, was Paul White. White. And then eventually renamed Big Show. The I big remember show. there was rumors about him being Titan. Titan, which that's a typical yeah. Vince thing. Anyway, uh, he is now with All Elite Wrestling, AEW, Big Show, a.k.a. Paul White joining us live at one o'clock. Hell yeah! Um, I was thinking we'd do story time here, but now I'm like, maybe we should save it for. Save Ra- it. I want to save it for Rami's here. Would you be down for that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let, R- Rami's going to be joining us next time. No, I got one. Okay, <laughs> I got one gross one. I do love it. it. No, do yeah, it. I love it. We got to make him it. feel a little uncomfortable. Yes. But all it. of them are kind of like kooky. Okay, yeah, that's I, cute. No, I dig that. I dig that. Um, thanks so much to Drew for joining us in studio today. It was really cool to have him in. He is such a talented guy, and I just thought it was cool to, to, to chat with him, man. No, I think, I mean, I know you and I have been talking about this for a while, just how important other voices on this station and just in this community need to be heard. And someone like Drew, who is as talented as he is, but has so much fun. You can feel that in his work, that there's joy in the work that he is doing, whether it's sometimes a little kooky, you know, with some of his tweets and, or it's just like this 
beautiful, smart basketball breakdown. I love it all, and I'm just so glad that he's a part of this Kings community. And he kept referencing KFR. That's yes. Kings Film Room for you guys who don't know, so check them out, too. Skyler does a great job. Oh, they, my God, they, they he does. They do amazing work. Kings and Knicks tomorrow night. I just feel like that game was already exciting, but now mm. even more exciting because the Kings are in the number two spot. It is, and... Isn't it a little exciting, too, that the Knicks did just have one of those games where they lost to the Charlotte Hornets? I don't think they're going to come in, oh, they're so angry, so they're going to get a win. I think, if anything, it's like the start of the fall. Question, yeah. Would you have rather Would you have rather had the Knicks come in to Sacramento on a 10-game oh. winning streak or what happened last night where they had their win streak snapped at home against the Hornets? That, I that I mean, yes, it would have been nice if the Kings were the ones to snap their winning streak, but I like that they were brought a little bit down to earth again. They were humbled by that loss against the Hornets, and now they have to come to Sacramento, a team that has been playing really well, um, especially since the All-Star break, just got the number two seed. And I think if you're the Kings, though, do you feel a little bit more pressure being that number two seed, Chemezi met you the other night on the post game show with Kyle and Kenny was uh, asked by Kyle, like, what's your ceiling? What do you, what, you know, if you guys talk about things, what's the ceiling? And he's like championship. That's what Mike Brown says. And I love that for them. I think that's, uh, that should be the mentality. But when you heard that over the years in the past, you're like, that's not even realistic. <laughs> like, that's not, yeah, that's yeah, not going to yeah. happen where this year it's like, that's great. Shoot for the moon, land upon the stars. I'm the opposite. Oh, I God. wish they had the winning record coming in. Really? Because now they're angry. And I was just like, now we can't slip. Ooh. Now we have to be focused. Julius Randle so scary when he's mad. I mean, when he's he mad, is. he gets taken. No, he gets taken out of yeah, the game. Yeah. He's he doesn't have it here sometimes. Well, uh, I'm sorry. It's women's. Uh, it's National Women's Day or International, International Women's Day. Day. So, Thank you. Well, actually, I feel <laughs> the opposite of you. <laughs> Jalen Brunson did travel with. Or he's traveling with the team to Sacramento. Okay. So I don't know if he's going to be able to play. Either way, it's still a tough Knicks team. They're awesome. And Jalen Brunson has been amazing. I think he's been their best player this year. I know Randall was the guy that made the all-star team for sure. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Julius Randall. But Jalen Brunson mm. is tough, dude. He's brought a different, something different to that team. And I think him being such a tough guy, it's just part of Tibbs' identity as a coach, too, right? So it fits in his system perfectly. We know from Davion Mitchell, when we had him on our podcast, that he talked about Jalen Brunson being one of the most difficult guys to guard in the league. And so you know he's capable of getting to the paint, creating, doing so much more. But another guy in their system, Josh Hart, has done a fantastic job since that trade. Um, You know, they were on that winning streak with him there. And it's just he's one of those – hardworking dudes that also just buys into a system that Tibbs presents. Hey, Chris, I know we had more audio in the daily audio folder, and I some of it looks like it's disappeared, just so you know. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Is there something you're looking for? I don't know. Do you I, think this, there was, someone um, did it I, I want to get the Steve Ballmer thing, and I, I thought you had it in there. Did you? I did have it in there. Yeah, I know. I saw it earlier, and now like some of the stuff's missing. I'm like, what happened to that? Did I'm, someone I'm sabotage? Someone sabotage. Mm. Yeah, it it's, go- what it's gone. What happened to it? See, that's the thing. I- Wait, we have to know who. Who, if we, you had to guess, who do you think? Brian. I, you know Brian, what? I'm he with did you. it earlier with our show. Yes, we're vibing with Chris, and he comes in. Chris has to go. Get your butt out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's like, you know what I'm going to do? Because they kept him so late, I'm going to delete 
The Steve Ballmer audio. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Oh, well, we'll get to it next hour. It's fine, Chris. Uh, coming up next, though, I'm super excited about this. This is one where I get kind of nervous because it's someone I loved growing up as a kid. Yeah. Paul White. You may know him as the big show. If you go back to WCW, you may remember him as the Giants. And then remember when you joined NWO? I do. <laughs> was it for life. He said for life. It wasn't for life. It was not for life. No, it was for like, what, how long? Not that long. No, dude, then he took that scary powerbomb. Dude. Oh, man. That was. That was bad. I don't I have uh, to watch that. We are going to be joined by him next. It's Juice and Mo. This is Sacktown Sports, 1140. Sacktownsports.com. Got chills right now tonight. AEW in Sacramento for the first time in history. All elite wrestling in town for dynamites and then rampage taping. After that, we're gonna be in the building. Mm. You know, I'm gonna be ringside. Oh, of course, you are. I am super excited to catch up with our next guest. We've talked to a lot of AEW people re- recently. We had Will Hobbs on Powerhouse Hobbs yesterday in studio. Last week, we talked to Eddie Kingston. And now we're talking to a legend. Legend. Someone who's been in the game for so long. You may know him as a big show back in the day, or if you watch WCW, the giant. But of course, we know him as Paul White. He joins us live. Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan, Chris Furlod. How you doing, Paul? I'm doing fantastic. I'm actually driving into your beautiful city of Sacramento right now. Hell so yes. Well, we're excited to have you, man. I'm glad to be here. You know, you guys had me laughing playing the uh, the new theme music. That's the same guy that originally sang my original theme music. So it worked out. We kept some of the same flavor with it, the same feel. So, and, and Paul, right uh, before you called, I was just talking about, I'm like, yeah, he actually used the same guy for this song. When I heard that story, I was so happy. It was really a cool thing that you guys did that. Yeah, it just it worked out, you know, because that song, my original theme music was so iconic. Yeah. For so many years, you know, and then to carry a piece that over for this new transition has been great. We're excited to be here in Sacramento tonight, coming off a huge, successful pay-per-view and revolution this past Sunday. So uh, Sacramento's going to be hopping tonight, that's Dude, for sure. I can't wait, man. I, I have a question. When you signed with WCW back in the day, I mean, that was 1995. Did you, at, at the right. time, picture that you would still be in the business I mean, it's 2023, and you're still in the business. Did you anticipate when you signed that you would be in the business this long? No. When I signed that contract originally at WCW, that was a training contract. And a lot of my future in WCW was very dependent on how that first match I had with Hulk Hogan went. Wow. Like, I literally, if that match would have been really bad, you know, it probably would have been the end of, of my pro wrestling career. So they kind of dropped me in the fire pan the frying pan and i actually uh, managed to survive so well, but yeah to be here this long it's crazy man still doing it this long still loving it still love the fans still love the stuff i'm doing elevation with the commentary and uh working hard training hard to get back in the ring hopefully here real soon yeah so, yeah we heard about your train you're training hard to get back which is insane to me uh-huh. yes because you've i mean you've been through a lot with your body right like uh-huh. and you're you're a big uh, dude had, uh, I've had two hip replacements, and I just had a knee replacement done in August, which sounds like that's the end of an athlete's career, (laughs) but 
with modern technology, man, I'm telling you, I feel better joint-wise than I've felt in the past 15 years. Whoa. So now it's just about getting the muscle stronger and, uh, you know, just having a little bit more fun. So <laughs> I got a couple of years left here in AEW for sure. Signed a nice, healthy contract here when I came over, and I plan on making good on that contract for AEW, Tony Khan, and myself. Well, have you enjoyed your new role in AEW? Obviously, you've alluded to getting back into the ring and everything, but has everything else been really enjoyable with the new role? It's been an unbelievable blessing. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people all the time talk about gratitude and attitude of gratitude. Sure, it's a positive mental state, even when you're, you're you know, shoveling crap in the back of a barn. It's an attitude of gratitude, but... I really love it here in AEW. There's so much that we're doing that I have so much experience from where I came from before with our AEW together, our community relations stuff, help building brands, uh, helping younger talent. Uh, there's a lot of nuances that you only get through experience and time. And a lot of that I can help translate and help these younger talent understand about working in front of a TV crowd versus working in front of a non-TV crowd, um, presence as a as an all-star, you know, having that presence and character when you're building fans. So I'm still on the fastest route. That's good. Hell yeah. um, <laughs> you got an update. No, but, but, uh, but being able to give that, that information to the younger talent, and there's an old thing – that was beat into my brain a lot from, from guys when I was coming on business is you always want to leave the business better than when you found it. And if you're going to be successful, it has to be a really giving attitude. Sure, you go out, you become a star, you make a name for yourself, you build a brand. But it's also about building the company you work for, building relationship with the fans, and helping other talent learn how to cultivate that so the business continues. It's going to change. It's going to evolve. The stars today look different than the stars that when I started, and when I started, those stars look different than, than when they started. The business is going to evolve, but there's, at the core, it's about keeping those relationships with the fans and, and entertaining them. I mean, you know, everything in wrestling's probably been done and been seen, but the, the making of a human connection and emotional connection with the audience is is the art form that lets people just for that brief minute suspend what's going on in their day and have a good time. I love that perspective. I love how much passion you still have about the business. It's easy to become jaded at times with the business, I'm sure. I mean, we face in the broadcast world all the time, sure. but that passion's there. We're, when you decided to leave WWE and go to AEW, I know there's obviously the level of excitement on this new opportunity and all that. Was there any sense of, like, fear at all because you had been with a place oh, for yeah. so long and now you're going to some something new i mean you you grew up in wwe oh i helped build wwe yeah. like, i mean sure i was i was you know without it was a huge decision for me to make but the thing was when you have a lot of passion and you have uh more things that you more, more things that you want to personally accomplish Sometimes taking yourself out of a very comfortable environment challenges yourself. I mean, I was very comfortable in WWE. I was treated very well. I had friends there that I knew for over 20 years, great relationships with the management, production, everybody. Like, I don't have any hard feelings towards anyone there at all. It was just more of a deep-down personal thing that um, I really need to push myself to, be, to not be complacent. 
You know, my old boss, you know, Vince McMahon used to have a saying, to be successful at a job, you have to show up every day like it's your first day of work. Every day you show up with an open mind, a positive attitude to work hard, that's how you be successful. So for me, looking at it, I was very comfortable where I was. And for me, being too comfortable is uh, is like death, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I no. want to be challenged. I want to be pushed. I want to uh, be able to, to challenge those around me and influence those around me in a positive way. So just a personal thing. Like I saw a great opportunity with something that really had merit. Because for the longest time, there wasn't any competition for WWE at all. Right. I mean, it's the only game in town. So then I saw this company, and I saw what Tony Khan was doing, and Chris Jericho, and Cody Rhodes at the time, and John Moxley, and I saw what these guys were doing, and I was like, you know, that just looks like where the fun's going to be right now for me. And uh, yeah, is it a little bit scary sometimes, because there's a lot of new things hitting a small company, and a lot of new responsibilities are coming up, but that challenge and adversity really makes, at the end of your day, uh, all the more special, because you know you helped really build something and, and make something happen. Hey, Paul, this is Chris here. I'm a huge fan of yours in the ring, but I have to ask you, you played a role in my favorite movie of all time. You played Brick Hughes <laughs> in the movie MacGruber. Oh, yeah. And I just have MacGruber, to ask, yes. I just have to ask, how did you get in it? Did you know, like, the type of role you were going to be playing in it? Oh, yeah. And it's, it's pretty yeah. cool that you were the only one of the surviving WWE guys to survive the movie. <laughs> well, it, it was funny because, you know, Will Forte is hysterical. And, uh, you know, when we got the script for it, like, you know, all the guys kind of got the script, you know, and everybody's kind of going through it. And when I look for parts in movies, whether they're small parts or big parts, as an actor, you want to find something. Of course, your dream is to find something where you can make the most impact for your time on the screen. And my thought, oh, yeah, I'm the heavy hitter, badass dude that just happens to also make out with his garage mechanic because he's got an alternative <laughs> lifestyle. Yeah, I'm fine with that because it doesn't matter what else happens in the movie. People are going to remember that scene. So, yeah, I'll take it. I'm good with it. Like a lot of the guys are like, oh, man, you're going to – I said, yeah, I don't care. I mean – you know, it's, it's it's a part. I mean, listen, if I was in a movie with Jessica Alba, no one would believe that I'm de- really dating Jessica Alba either. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's just a part, folks. Relax. Yeah, yeah it was a lot of fun. The fun part about it is the, the guy that was um, – I forget his name now because I'm old, and that's, that happens sometimes. You've been hitting the head with a lot of chairs. But the other guy was our lighting director on that, and he was really good friends with the director. And he wasn't – he was really nervous about the scene. So then I kept teasing him in between takes because we did like 15 takes. I'm not kidding. It turned into a little, a little practical joke. And I was like, man, you know, you've got really soft lips. You know, I mean, I don't think I've ever kissed anybody. And and it's just turning red. It was, it was all good fun, but uh, yeah, it was a fun experience doing it. And you know, I picked the right part, so if they do a second one, I might be able to make the second movie. There you go. <laughs> that's a good point. That that's... no, that's seriously a good point. And it's just it's wild to think that you've done it all and you know, going back to just you being this big dude, I mean, you have had to go up probably against some really really strong guys. Who's the strongest guy that you've been up against? Mm. Oh, you know, this question comes at me a lot, believe it or not. But, uh, I mean, my top 
three guys are Mark Henry, John Cena, and uh, probably Brock Lesnar are my three top. Oof. Goldberg, too. You got to throw Goldberg in there, and that was early in my career. Goldberg was very strong. But when I think of guys that I know for a doubt that when I put my, lack of a better term, my body in their hands, uh, there was never any jeopardy. It was Mark Henry. Mark Henry used to treat me like I was a stuffed animal toy. <laughs> You know, I told him one time, I said, if you ever grab me like that in real life, I'm going to hit you with my rental car. I'm just letting you know. And, and John Cena was like climbing on a piece of workout equipment in the gym because he was just so stable, you know. And, and Brock Lesnar was so explosively powerful that, like, Brock grabbed you so fast, you didn't have time to realize what was happening to you until after it was already over. You know, I think that was the one thing that pressed me about Brock. Brock, he was so explosive. And uh, so those are probably my top three guys off that. And then you get guys like Kane that's another level. I mean, Kane is another one that gets into that mutant strength range. Mm. So there's a few of those guys that are pretty tough in there. You mentioned getting back in the ring again. You're 51, right? Um, Yes, yes, 51 and feel like I'm 35. So there you go. why do you because you've accomplished everything right like hall of fame career you're a legend why why do you want to get back in the ring is that just the love for is it to prove to yourself like yeah i'm having fun man yes i'm having fun i'm having fun at this stage of my career you know there's zero pressure on me Mm -hmm. i don't have a legacy to build i've been fortunate enough to be successful so it's not about you know making tons of money or making my mark on the industry or any of those things that go through your mind when you're younger you know for me it's pure fun and joy of uh entertaining the crowd um working with younger talent and building a completely new brand something that i can really be proud of down the road that when aew really grows and really becomes successful and is around for 25 30 40 50 years however long this brand gets to go um that i'll know hey you know what i really helped build that brand and I think that's a pretty good feather in your cap. You know, I I mean, maybe that's the ego part of it because I want to build something. But at the same time, I'm having fun. Just being honest, I'm having fun. No, and I'm glad you're still in it because you're just one of the – I mean, I've, I grew up watching wrestling. I remember seeing you in WCW. I remember, of <laughs> course, your run in WWE. And I, I, I've said this to other people. AEW helped kind of ignite my passion for the sport again i mean it's just it's been so cool and look the journey's had its bumps along the way for aew it's going to be a learning experience but it's just so great to have another brand to see different types of stars different types of athletes it's it's been it's just been really refreshing to see what aew has done yeah it's an alternative and that's the thing i try to express to people because you know i mean you look at the WWE product, and sure, there's tens of millions and of dollars invested in production equipment and people that have been trained for 10, 15 years in specific positions, you know, that work seamlessly as a, as a group synergy-wise, you know, and at the same time, we have AEW that puts out a different product. It's a very high-quality product. Incredibly talented athletes in AEW. I don't know if I've ever seen such a collection of talented athletes like we have here in AEW. At the same time, and you have a lot of people that have that underdog fight of working hard, working multiple positions, multiple jobs, handling multiple tasks, learning experience in different fields and, and growing along the way. I mean, man, that's exciting. I mean, when you show up to a 
to a factory and it's your job, you do it well, and that's your job and you go home, or do you come to a place where you don't know what's going to happen today, you have to be prepared, you're emotionally invested, you're mentally invested, and everybody is working hard to put out the best product they can. That's an exciting, creative environment. It's exciting for the fans. I think the fans see that as well when they tune in. The The product doesn't have that super polished feel that maybe some of the WWE things does with all the graphics on the screens and, and all that. But, you know, it'll get there in time. I mean, we're still new. Believe me, I I remember when things started in WCW for crying yeah. out loud. You know what I mean? Like, the bit, it grows from there. So to compare the two, the only thing you can do is, is just, you know, Enjoy them both. Exactly. You know, they're, they're, they're different. They're different, but at heart, they're pro wrestling and they're entertainment. So just enjoy it. Uh, when you joined AEW, were there any wrestlers that you haven't heard of before or maybe just a little bit that once you saw them, oh, like, yeah. oh, man, they're legit? Yeah, yeah. There were a lot of talents. Like, when I first got to AEW, one of the things we talked about was, was, uh, was uh, trying to – get to know the talent i didn't want to come in as oh this ex wwe guy that knew it all you know that wasn't my thing at all my thing was to come in be open be honest learn the product learn the talent and learn the flow every company has its own flow there are guys that are movers and shakers and gals too that are movers and shakers and and i really got to absorb a lot of that doing the commentary on elevation i've seen some talent that start on elevation now that is uh, really headlining dynamite. Will Hobbs, you had him in your yeah. in your studio yesterday. Um, you know, Will Hobbs is one of those guys that I saw starting on Elevation who was trying to do his own thing and figure out who he is, and now he's turning into a top talent. He's well on his way. He's got a good character thing going, and, and his in-ring work is unique. And so seeing that, there were a lot of people that never would have been on my radar before, but I'm so happy that they're on my radar now because I've met some truly fantastic, beautiful people so, who work here for AEW, you know? So is there anyone that you specifically want to get in the ring with, want to work with, especially since you have oh, alluded to getting back in there? Absolutely. There's a couple of guys I want to work with. I definitely want to work with Kenny Omega at some point. I just, wow. I'm totally fascinated by a lot of stuff that Kenny Omega does. Um, Kenny and I could have a great big man, little man match like... I have zero doubts in my mind we couldn't rip the ever-loving roof off the building. Um, there's some other talent, Hobbs, Wardlow, um, uh, even Darby Allen. Like, I mean, I'd probably have to be a bad guy to compete against Darby yeah. Allen, but I, if I was a bad guy competing against Darby Allen, I could have the place riding because he does such a good job of his character and selling and fighting from underneath and all that stuff. So Darby Allen's definitely one. Um let me see, Hobbs, Wardlow, oh, yeah, um, uh, the Murderhawk monster, Lance Hoyt, Ooh. he's another one. So, yeah, there's some guys in there I can ask about. Orange Cassidy would be fun to play with, <laughs> maybe to tag with. I think as an opponent, he'd probably irritate the ever-loving <laughs> hell out of you. Yep. But um, as, a, as a tag partner, it'd be a lot of fun. Uh, I always tease Dark Order that I'm a card-carrying member of Dark Order, and I'm going to join Dark Order, so... Oh yeah, you know that's a that's a running joke. But you know the, that's the thing. There's so many great talent there that whatever we put together, we'll have fun with. And we have the new, you know, we have that new giant Satnam Singh who's seven two. He's a little green right now, but I think at some point, if I tagged with him and showed him how to tag team wrestle as a giant, that would be fun. And 
and uh, maybe down the road split up into a little bit of a feud there, you know. I love it, man. But, uh, yeah, that's the whole thing. The, the, the landscape is wide open to do whatever. So, well, we're really excited you know, about the show great. tonight. Um, and, you know, Sacramento, I mean, I, I've been to a lot of shows in Sacramento, and the Sacramento crowd is hot. And yes. they're going to be really hot tonight because of AEW's first time coming to Sacramento. So, man, we're, we're pumped up about it tonight. So thanks so much for uh, joining us, man. Hey, thank you guys very much, and I'll see you guys there, all right? All right. Have a good one. You too. There's Paul White. Man, it's so, a big show. Such it, a good guy. Such a good guy, one. But I just, I love, you know, obviously talking to different personalities from AEW over the last week and you you get the younger guy in Will Hobbs and then you get a guy like Paul White, the big show, and just everything he's done in this business and hearing the ways that he talks about the business and him going back into the ring with people and empowering others. Multiple hip, a knee replacement, Hip replacements. Hip replacements. Yeah. And he wants to get out there, dude. He feels 38, though. I'm like, uh, my and, body feels older just listening to and that. And also, to be fair, he wouldn't be the oldest wrestler in the company. Who? Chris Jericho is two oh years older God, than him. What dude. about uh, Sting? Sting. Oh. I forgot about Sting. Sting what about like, Sting? He's like 65, Sting. right? He's 62. Celebrity can't, birthday. Yeah. Can't, can't tell with that makeup on, but. No, but. um, You can't with it off. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Shots fired at, at the icon Sting. Um, but, yeah, really cool to talk to Paul White, for, man. Okay, honestly, though, for you guys, is are has this been a pretty cool week of, of wrestling talent? Yeah, we didn't tell Brian yet, but we're actually now a wrestling show. <laughs> um, 11 to 2. That's what we're... Can you imagine? Brian's like, hey, uh, I noticed you guys have wrestlers on every day. You guys aren't even talking kings anymore. You guys What's... are you guys are just promoting wrestling shows in other cities now. They're not even here. Yeah, well, you, there's a show on Rhode Island. Why? Oh my god. I, I mean, I love having them in studio more. Yeah, like you yeah, know, the yeah. phone's fine. It's it's cool. It just can you imagine if Paul oh. Reiser? Oh man, he would take up the whole thing. How many of our sales team would be running out of the building thinking that <laughs> someone's attacking us? If, if because, Paul White was here, yeah, because his feet are like it would just go boom, boom, just boom. him walking into the building. Yeah, <laughs> dude, he with is... his head coming over there. <laughs> and I love that your favorite movie is actually McGruber. Yes, and that he... and that's that people think that's a joke. No, that no. is my favorite movie yep. of all time. I think he thought you were joking at first, and then he realized, oh wait, Chris is not joking about this. The other he, thing about he knew my character. <laughs> yeah, the other thing about Big Show, aka Paul White. Yeah, he was. Over 500 pounds at one point. I mean, just think about how big he is. I mean, he's seven foot. I mean, he's 500 pounds. And, you know, I I don't know what he is now. I didn't ask. But, I mean, I know he tries to. Well, he talks about it openly. Okay. I just remember a couple years ago when he was training. I'm like, the guy has abs? Dude, he was shredded. (laughs) Yeah. I kind of remember that. But it's been a long time. Uh, What was he? What's crazy is, so he debuted in WCW. Yep. Against uh, Hulk Hogan. Then he joins WWE, and he's introduced in a Stone Cold Steve Austin match. No yeah, way. Like the craziest, like, he should have, like, debuted against Kenny Omega to keep the streak That's going true. In, in AEW. I remember uh, him in Dungeon of Doom in WCW. Oh, no. And the Yeti? Yes. Was it the Yeti, yes. or is it the... Kevin Sullivan, and... Uh, oh, man. Uh, was that good or bad? Dungeon, bad. It was cringe. It was cringe. Oh. But as, a, as a kid, you kind of were like intrigued by it. That's the thing about okay. it. It was bad, but as a kid, you kind of liked it. Uh, we got a lot more to get to before we end this one at 2 p.m. How about this? 
because you guys have been hanging with us today. Oh, yeah. Enjoying it. Yeah. I'm going to hook up caller number 10 today. You're going to score two tickets to see Snoop Dogg at Golden One Center. Yes, Live Nation has got your plug to check out Snoop Dogg, Wiz Khalifa, Too Short, Warren G, Burner. It's a high school reunion tour 2023 with special guest DJ Drama. It's live at Golden One Center, August 25th. And you can go if you're caller 10 right now at 339-1140. Coming up next, Kevin Garnett. He had some things to say about the Kings. Yeah, he This did. year's team. Uh, we'll play that coming up next. It's Juice and Mo on Sacktown Sports and SacktownSports.com. have two songs all day because the Kings are the number two seed in the Western Conference. Drink it in, man. <laughs> I like it. Appreciate the journey. Appreciate. Appreciate the moment that here we are on March 8th, 2023, and the Kings are the number two seed. That hasn't happened in 19 years. Jeez. 19 years. Insane. Wow. No, and that, and that's why I know we've had people throughout some of these wins from other franchises. Mostly it's like Twitter fans, whatever. And they're like, Kings are that excited that they won 30-something yes, games? Yes, Kings are that yes. excited that they're in the second spot? The Kings are bragging about winning 40 games before the season starts? Yes, yes, yes to all of it, yes. Shout and, out 40 win guy. Oh, shout out Sean, 40 win guy. I am so excited um, to be talking to him soon. Yeah, and it's I that when that came out on social media, the amount of people clowning Kings fans and Kings for like, oh, that guy was coming out of a summer league game, get hyped about forty wins. That sucks. Oh, what a joke! And it's like, dude, you don't get you, you don't get it. You don't get it. You're not you. You a cash fan? There is obviously some level of self deprecation that we have as Kings fans, yes. you know, but at the same time. Yeah, we're joking a little bit about it, but also at the same time, we're appreciating the fact that 40 wins was talked about before the season, and then here we are. The Kings are two wins away from that. Remember how exciting the 18-19 season was when they won 39 games? I know it didn't finish well, and it was a little disappointing Uh finish, but the Kings are one win away from that. And I I also think about, too, the people that have wanted to clown on the cling- on the clings on the kings mm. even to start this year when things were starting to look up there was no off the court drama like there was year after year after year and then there was like Kristen Ledlow who was on and it's kind of funny too because everyone called her out and she like held herself accountable for it she's like all right i was wrong but she was like making fun of the beam and was like that will be lit 19 more times and a lot of people did that before the year uh-huh. oh, like hey let's Let's punch down. Punch. You know what we else I, uh, I noticed? Huh. Fewer teams are making fun of the uh, light the beam thing after they beat the Kings now. I think before it was like, oh, this is cute. Now they're going, hey, we got to be careful here. The Kings are actually yeah. kind of good. Yeah. Have fun with that. Shove that beam up your butt. Um, As a fan, I Kevin Garnett, I liked him as a player, but I always remember the 2004 playoffs when the T-Wolves beat the Kings in seven games. And that was kind of, it wasn't the end of that team, but it was pretty much the end of it. The next year, Chris Webber got traded. It was just a different time. But it was tough because the Kings still went to seven games, and that was Chris Webber playing on like pretty much one leg post-surgery. And so I, 
Kevin Garnett just bugged me at times, but I always appreciate the level <laughs> of intensity he played with, right? Oh, yeah. The guy he played his first game of his career in Sacramento. Wild. Anyway, he uh, does a show on Showtime with Paul Pierce. And here's a clip that was on social media yesterday. Kevin Garnett talking about the Kings and Mike Brown. And I got Mike Brown for coach of the year. F*** you mean? The Kings ain't going nowhere. It's real. It's real out here. You're, listen, if you live in California, you yeah. go outside in that little-ass sweater, yeah. and the weather go, oh, no, go back inside. It's too real. Yeah. That's, that's Mike Brown. Mike Brown is real. The Kings are real. It's real outside. You see this outfit he got on? You know what I just real. It's real. You're right. You know, lately you go outside, you're like, it is too cold out here in this little sweater. This is real. Uh, Mike Brown is real. I, I think that clip, too, with the, the uh, F it. Yeah. They ain't going anywhere. And yeah. I got Mike Brown for uh, coach of the year. F*** you mean? The Kings ain't going nowhere. <laughs> it's real. It's real out here. You're Listen, if you live in California, you go outside in that little-ass sweater, and the weather go, oh, no, go back inside. It's too real. That's that's Mike yes. Brown. Mike Brown is real. The I, Kings are real. I you love know? that it's it's the weather that's telling you, no, no, go back inside. <laughs> he says the Kings are real. And what I do love about it, Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce have been two of the guys this year that have been kind of on it with the Kings. Well, They're like, wake up a little bit here. Guess who's obviously working at Showtime with Matt them? Barnes? Matt Barnes. You know, and Matt Barnes, he keeps it real. Like, I got to work with Matt Barnes last year. And it was awful. Not with us two, but I'm I was saying, say, whoa, no, shots fired. it was awful for both of us yeah. calling or, you know, hosting so many awful basketball yeah. games together. Right. So we got to go through really bad year together. And then this year we've had so much fun, not only together, but so much fun actually talking about good basketball. And he's just bringing that to exactly mm-hmm. where he goes to his other seven jobs. And he's telling these national guys and the national guys are like, okay, I'll watch. They're actually watching. Paul Pierce, when he was like d- kind of debating DeMarcus Cousins the other day when they had that show, he was pushing back on what Boogie had to say about the Kings in the postseason because he's actually watching. Speaking of Matt Barnes, he was on with Dave and Jason today. So if you missed that interview, you can check it out on the YouTube page, youtube.com slash Sports 1140. You can also check it out on our website where we've got a ton of content. Frankie Cardicelli just dropped a piece about the Kings and their playoff push. You can get our interviews there, including that conversation they had with Matt Barnes this morning. That's at SacktownSports.com. They also talked with Kenny Thomas and Katie Christensen. Uh, so it was cool. Uh, what, what was that? Was that Cancia? I was trying to. I was trying to play the clip of "This Is yeah, Real" yeah. and then the Paul White song. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. I thought it was good. It scared me. Um, so no, it was cool to hear Kevin Garnett say that. Another thing that I don't know if you heard. Um, the Clippers are opening up a new building soon. In 2024, they did a tour yesterday with the entire team there. Uh, Steve Ballmer spoke oh. uh, about some of the exciting features at the new Intuit Dome in L.A. Toilets! 1,160 toilets and urinals. Three times the NBA average number of toilets and urinals. We do not want people waiting in line. We want them to get back to their damn seats uh, at the end of the half before the game. Wait, wait, wait. He is totally making a cameo in one of my new P songs. That is perfect and amazing. How many? The Kings are real. How many? uh, Toilets! 1,160 (laughs) toilets! 1,160 toilets, three times more than any other NBA venue, I guess, or the average. Is that true? That's a lot. But he is so about that. Like, he does not like fans. Up. 
He he wants them in their seats. They have they're gonna have that big wall of fans too in a section. Here's my issue, everybody. Yeah. This is the issue because fans sometimes are just people who are wanting to be a part of something yeah. but not wanting to watch something. They're not real basketball fans. They just want to be at an event on a Tuesday night or at a Friday night, and it's it, it shouldn't be a place where. You should be in your seats is the only way that you can watch the game. Golden or not Golden Woods and uh, Chase Center has that concept, and it's awful. Yeah. It's awful. There's walls everywhere. It feels sterile. And Golden One Center was like, no, we're going to open it so you can see it all the time. There's fans always in the Sierra Nevada Draft House and other places, but you're seeing everyone is still has a view of the game of the court and enjoys the game. Well, I mean, if I ever get the honor of opening up a building or designing a building, yeah. we're, we're, the, each seat is just a toilet. So you don't you, you don't need to leave and eighteen thousand toilets. And you're going, oh, but what about uh, what about toilet paper? Yeah, what, they're bidets too. So you just literally you're just there and it's question. <laughs> Are how privacy wise? Oh yes, uh, no, that's a great question. Yeah, we do hand out special like team we. pants, team pants, with team holes, pants with holes yeah, in it. No, they, oh, no. it's Velcro. It's a Velcro pant. They're, but they're they're affiliated with the team, so you just put them on. And if you like the other team, we can give you like a standard NBA edition. Oh. You get to take them home. You do get to take. It's a part of the, uh, and you just. Like this Velcro. All sounds like a giant waste and awful time. I would a lot just, of waste. I don't know. I don't want to be eating my popcorn and drinking my beer while someone well, is doing something next to me. We need fans in the seats to cheer. <laughs> Deuce, I don't think you'll ever be making a building. Sorry, bud. Yeah. It's okay. Uh, everyone flushes during other teams' free throws. <laughs> Uh, no, that's the one thing. I, I'm not going to say it's technologically advanced. It's actually, it's like a porta potty set. There's no flushing. <laughs> it's good that you're setting this up because I have a really gross story in okay. story time. Yeah. Well, guess what? Final segment of the show is story time with Chris Verlaud. Buckle up, Rami. You're going to be in here for it, too. It's Deuce and Mo. This is Sacktown Sports at SacktownSports.com. They call we just drop bombs. Asking where we come from, South Coast Strong. Just two dope boys and a Cadillac. And two songs. Kings are in the number two seat in the NBA's Western Conference. Deuce and Mo. Has that been a theme today? Yeah, yeah he's just songs have all, the number two in them. I like, I like it. it. Yeah, like good it. bit, good bit. Yeah, he's good that Verlad. He's he's all right. He's good. Yeah, yeah. Like he's, he's got something, huh? He's creative, huh? <laughs> um, we do have story time with Chris Verlad in a second. Cattles and Rami coming up at two. Rami in the building with us. We were talking to him uh, on the YouTube feed during the break because Rami's also a stand-up comic. I was asking about how he works the stage with the mic. Um, have you had to deal with a lot of hecklers in your time? No, no. Mm. I've been lucky. I don't, I, yeah. for some reason, I don't, I, I think it's because I don't do stuff that like would attract a heckler. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I don't do a lot of political stuff here and there. I'll yeah. Yeah, yeah. throw something in. Um, I don't do a lot of controversial topics. Yeah. Not because I'm like staying away from them. It's just not, yeah. it's just never been my thing. I think that attracts hecklers more than yeah. anything. And I'm not justifying heckling by any means. Go and enjoy the damn comedy yes. show that you paid money to go and enjoy. You're not part of it. Um, but I think that's that that is a magnet for hecklers more times than not. I've had a few instances. You said you work the stage, like, and I feel like most comedians do. But is it 
also a style to not work the stage and to just like feel like you're in your own sure. box? Yeah, some people's thing is like being awkward. Yeah. You know? yeah <laughs> and yeah, uncomfortable up there. Oh. You know what I mean? I don't want to ask you. You know Kyle Ledbetter who works here. Yes. yes. He's been doing some open he does. mic nights. I haven't seen him. But uh, yeah, I do know that about him. He's probably been out more than I have. Honestly, no. I, haven't, I haven't been out we, in we a need while. To get you out. I got to get out. I got to get out. Come on. Maybe tonight. I might go to an open mic tonight. Oh, what? Wait, I can't go tonight. <laughs> I love it. No, but I love that you're doing it. Yes. No, that's yeah. good. You've my, got talent. My, you... my girlfriend has been pushing me, like, you got to get good out there. Good job. Yeah. Go yeah. her. So I, got, because I should do it. You're more than just a sports radio dude. <laughs> no, it's true. I know. He's talented. He's laughing at it, but we're like so being should. serious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I should. I should. Yeah. No, oh, I yeah. didn't know that about Kyle. I haven't seen him. So yeah, I would love to. I he, I, I, I asked funny. him if he does impersonations. He 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 dropped a John Gruden on me, which I I don't think you could do John Gruden's anymore. But uh, and let's just say it was it was probably one of the worst John Gruden's <laughs> I've ever heard funny, of. Which made it great. He killed. He killed. Um, this is a good time to bring Chris in for a little story time with Chris for a lot of love you ready? We interrupt this program for an important announcement. It's that time of the day where Chris Verlaud gives you the stories that you need to hear. Or maybe not. Story time. Oh, yeah. Story time with Chris Verlaud, baby. So we kind of had a gross discussion earlier. Do you oh, want to no. keep do you want to keep that going? Please. Okay. Please keep it going. <laughs> All right, this comes from Sydney, Australia, news.com AU. A gray. Oh, that's that's for a different one, sorry. Oh. <laughs> that's for the other story. Okay. If you're going to spew, spew into this. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, no. apparently in oh, no. Sydney, Australia, a serial spewer has been enraging residents of an apartment complex. No. For six months at Redfern's Urba Complex, it has been plagued by a person vomiting over the side of the balcony, oh, landing on other balconies, furniture, and clothes of people drying them outside. Oh, man. There have been what? several letters left in the lobby telling the person to knock it off and that they know who <laughs> it is. Yeah, I was going to say, don't you know where it's coming from if it's always from the same balcony? The apartment complex did send a lender to the person saying, we have been advised that occupants of your apartment have been disturbing other residents within the building by creating loud noises and discarding vomit over the balcony <laughs> onto the party. apartments below. Dude. That stopped for some time, but then just last weekend, it started up again. No. The apartment complex. There's no dude. comment from the apartment complex or the accused puker. I'm, oh, dude. I'm not a violent man, but we're, if, <laughs> if the apartment complex isn't going to do anything about it, we're going to have a talk. There's going to be a problem. What we're going to have a talk about yeah, it. Yeah, you're going up to yeah, that apartment. Going, I mean, yeah. How many times would it take? Because one twice. Time, Twice is too much. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. I would say one is too much. Well, one, you could be like, okay, someone really had a rough night. Yeah, you know, sure. It happened. Right. Right. Is it a prank or is it like they're just not making it to the toilet? Hmm. No, if there's a grosser part of the story to where it seems to be premeditated. Ooh, okay. Well, nope. I'm going to go with absolutely not. I, I don't think I want to get any grosser. I had, to throw, I had to clean up throw up one time and oh. I was just like about to throw up 700 yeah, times. Yeah, I'm sorry. That is just. What is wrong with you if you're like, hey, I'm going to do this every day? How long can I go without getting in trouble? Dude, what? second time, I'm going up there. We're, we're what is that this. compulsion? Why? Why? What? Oh, why? It's, hey, it's, why, no, Chris? No comment. Is my question. Why Why would you tell us that story, <laughs> yes. Chris? Well, that's, that's just one. I wasn't planning on telling it today, but then <sighs> Deuce had his. His well, arena idea. That so. one makes me sick. Move move on. Okay. Hey, do you guys have any good like, car ideas? 
I'm sorry? Do you have any good car ideas? Car? car? Yeah. Like, what's a good car idea for, like, what you would want in a car? Well, you know, I may, I said what I would do with an arena. Probably the same thing. Add a toilet. Add a toilet. To yeah. the seat so you yeah. can poop and do your thing. I mean, it happens when you're in a fly. Why can't you have that in a car? <laughs> you know what I saw is, uh, have you seen, the, like, the, the tires that are, they're like a ball? It's like a round ball, so you can literally, like, move Whoa. sideways. Okay. Into a parking spot. Okay. I, w- I would like for that to be the new norm. That'd All right, be cool. That's cool. Um, yeah. an ice cream sundae maker, please. <laughs> ice cream sundae maker. All right. What about a gray steering wheel that doesn't whiz out of the window while I'm driving? That is a good idea. That's okay. a good idea, right? You what? don't want to. You don't want a wheel flying flying off. So what was the oh, yeah, idea? I, I didn't hear what he what. I didn't understand. He what doesn't he want. He wants a car where a steering wheel won't fly out of the car. That's a good car idea, right? Okay. I, is that an issue? Well, this comes from the AP. It appears Tesla did not take that advice. Mm. What? U.S. US auto safety regulators have opened an investigation after the Tesla's Model Y SUV has gotten two complaints that the steering wheel can come off while being driven. That's a... Yeah, that would be a problem. The agency said that... I didn't know what I would do. The agency said in both cases, the Model Ys were delivered to customers with a missing bolt that holds the wheel to the steering column. And in one of the cl- complaints, the owner said it came off while he was driving. <laughs> Luckily, there was no one driving on the road with him, and he was able to somehow steer it into the middle lane and get help to get his car towed. Oh, my. Could you imagine if that happened when you were, like, on a windy road, too? Because it's like, my, my first no. thought was, like, if you're on, like, I-5, you just hit the brakes. It sucks. You'd stop traffic, but at least you have a brake. But if you're, like, on a windy, you're like, just cruising. Oh my God! You're going off. Wheel You're just comes off. Yeah, I would totally. I would panic. I would 100 percent panic. There's no way I'm keeping it together in that. I situation. would just. I. I could. I honestly. I'm one of those drivers. I can keep it together while driving Same. pretty well. And yeah. I think I would just slam on the brakes and be like, "Nope, don't care who hit me behind or what's happening. Like this, we just need to stop." I, I think the other thing that amazes me about like specifically that type of car, the technology is amazing. But for some reason, they have like the most bizarre, pr- like a steering wheel coming. You could have a car with all this technology and the steering wheel can't and st- stay stuck. Oh on. man, what do I do here? I have a bizarre, a bizarre reaction to situations like that where I start laughing. I just started <laughs> laughing maniacally. Like I remember one. It was like literally the first time my parents let me and my brother like out on an expedition yeah. by ourselves. My brother was sixteen, and we had like this old like beat up car. And they were like, "Sure, go, you can go to Wrigley Field, go watch a Cubs game." So we get on the highway. And litter and we're just driving along on the highway, and all of a sudden we hear like a loud like crash in the back and a grinding noise, and the car like dropped. Oh my god! And I look out to my left, <laughs> and the rear driver's side tire is passing us on the interstate no. with the axle still attached. <laughs> it literally rolled and right. And you're laughing. <laughs> and I looked at my brother and I looked at my friend in the backseat. All of us at the same time just started laughing. <laughs> and, and, and this was your, uh, a car that your parents had? Did it was like, it was a car that a, a family friend had given to my brother when he got his license. And it was just oh this beat up old like boat Are you of sure a your car. parents liked you? I was wondering. I'm like, was it? Did they set you up? Yeah, yeah. Go, go to Wrigley. Take this route too. It yeah. has like cliffs. Dude. But literally, it passed us on the interstate. That is insane. What do you guys have coming up today? Are I'm you guys celebrating t- number two yeah, seat we're like celebra- us? Celebrating the two seat. We're going to talk about that. Zach Lowe. He uh, yeah, he says yeah. no reason this team can't go to the Western Conference Finals. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, also mix in a little 49ers talk. Yeah. It's speculation season. 
with uh, Monday being uh, the uh, legal tampering period opening up. So we're going to start. <laughs> the legal tampering, I love it. yeah. I love that about the NFL. So lot, lots lots of fun. Lots Hell of fun yes. We'll stay locked in. Cal's and Rami coming up next. We love you guys, but we got to go. See ya.